Welcome back to Gentlemen Prefer Bonds. I'm Will Daniel. And I'm Will Schleck. And I'm Max Wilcox. Uh, tonight we're talking about Casino Royale, the first novel by uh, Ian Fleming and the 21st uh, film in the official Eon Bond series. Uh, recap slash go over some new territory. I think we sort of went over some of this in, in the very first episode, but uh, Casino Royale, written in 1952 by Ian Fleming, comes out in 53. Um, there's this guy, uh, Gregory uh, Peck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. There's this guy, Greg- Gregory Peck. <laughs> yeah. The actor. Yeah. CBS in 1954 turns it into uh, an hour-long TV drama on their Climax program uh, as Barry Nelson uh, as the Americanized Jimmy Bond, uh, Peter Lorre's Le Chiffre, uh, which sounds really cool. Um, This guy, Gregory Radoff, uh, is this uh, Russian actor, uh, writer, director, and hardcore gambler. Uh, he buys the rights from Ian Fleming after, I guess, they go back to him from CBS after they do the, the TV show. Uh, he's trying to make a Bond movie for a while. Um, he uh, has to. He gets in deep uh, gambling, of course. So this Russian guy um, sells the rights to Charles Feldman, this other dude. Um, he owns the rights for a while. He tries to make uh, a Casino Royale movie. Uh, he comes close to making one with Howard Hawks. Um, then Dr. No comes out as a big hit in Europe. They decide they don't want to, uh, compete with Eon slash, uh, Sean Connery at that time. A few years later, as Kevin McClory is, is making up a deal with, with, uh, Broccoli and Saltzman to make a Thunderball movie, um, Charles Feldman, uh, also trying to make a movie, also trying to make Casino Royale, uh, with Eon, um, he's asking for 60% of the studio profits, no one's down for that, uh, and so he goes to Columbia, who apparently do give him about that deal for that crazy Casino Royale movie with uh, Woody Allen and uh, David Niven. Um, and yeah, and then in the final lawsuit with Kevin McClory in 1999, where he's trying to make uh, what is Warhead 2000 or something, um, basically he fucks that up so bad and like trying to. Um, trying to gain ownership of like, or partial ownership of Bond, the film character, uh, that Sony ends up just handing uh, Eon the Casino Royale rights altogether. Um, the, I know, I know he doesn't, I've never seen the, the original Casino Royale. I know he doesn't, but does Woody Allen play Vesper? Because like, <laughs> if we're talking dialogue from this movie, like Woody Allen, Woody Allen, I can imagine a young Woody Allen turning to David Niven and being like, "There are there are dinner jackets and there are dinner jackets, and <laughs> yeah. this is the ladder." Like that. Like, <laughs> I can't. I, I don't know, man. That, I remember who, the who one part of Woody that movie Allen play. I think he's a villain, but he's not Le Chiffre. Okay. Orson Welles, I think, is Le Chiffre. Um, who, Oh, yeah, that's right, he is. Woody Allen uh, plays a villain whose plan is to uh, make all women beautiful and all men shorter than he is. That, that's going to play well in the modern era. <laughs> Let's go back and watch that thing now. <laughs> well, I, honestly, I think we should do an episode covering the two old Casino Royales. That would be interesting. Yeah, and don't forget about Never Say Never Again. We gotta we're, I, I mean, we're, we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, Starring our favorite actor, Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So Die Another Day uh, comes out late 2002, uh, grosses 431 uh, million at the global box office. It's, uh, it's the biggest bond ever. Um, but because of MGM kind of wanting to, to push it as far as they can, uh, make as big and, and spectacular a movie as possible, um, Broccoli and, and Wilson kind of want to take the series back to basics, make a darker, more serious movie. Um, they're talking about doing Casino Royale because they have the rights now. They're also developing uh, the Jinx spinoff, which apparently gets pretty far into development. I have a, a quote about what that movie was going to be from uh, Some Kind of Hero, the great book by Matthew Field and A.J. Chowdhury. Um, this is uh, Neil Purvis um, uh, remembering discussing key aspects of the Jinx, uh, Jinx screenplay in L.A. with Halle Berry and Barbara Broccoli's house. Uh, Jacinta Johnson worked for a think tank, rode a motorbike, did odd jobs for NSA chief uh, Falco, and had a lover called Javier, who we wanted to be Javier Bardem. The script featured a shootout and a Moroccan tannery and was a down and dirtier version of a Bond movie. Wade described Jinx as very atmospheric, a Euro thriller, a Bourne type movie. Uh, Die Another Day director Lee Tamhori was enthusiastic about the character and showed interest in directing the film. The project was often uh, offered to Stephen Frears, a uh, guy who made like High Fidelity and uh, I think The Queen, the, uh, yeah, Odd Choice. The queen. Yeah, they, they weren't on board for him. And I guess there were a couple of flops, uh, women action hero movies uh, around that time. Catwoman. Apparently it got canned. The- <laughs> yes, Catwoman. That's exactly what it was. It was Catwoman. also Electra. Um, but apparently this was... Oh, shit. Electra does exist. Yeah. Why would you do that <laughs> yeah. to me? Re- remind you that Electra Why exists? Why would you remind me that Electra as a... Oh, man. Max, you can run from it, but you can't hide. It's not going to change. Just, Electra does just, exist, wa- and it's always going I just, to. I, the worst part is I just watched her in Catch Me If You Can. Oh, yeah. And right before that, right before that, I watched her in Draft Day, and I was really on like a reclamation tour because she's really good in both of those movies. Damn it. Yeah, apparently this movie gets shut down uh, in fall of, of 03, which is a good, like, six months before Catwoman uh, comes out. But that, that could very well have been a, a nail in the coffin of They got an advanced screening uh, of it, yeah. Yeah. I guarantee it. Somebody, <laughs> trust me, they sent them... Somebody saw some dailies some and was like, of it, oh. yeah, <laughs> on pics, and then they were like, yeah, we're, we're not doing this. So yeah, the, they're planning. They're planning Casino Royale. They're planning to do Casino Royale with Pierce Brosnan at first. Um, Michael Wilson's first assignment to uh, the same returning writers, uh, Neil Purvis and Robert Wade. He said, uh, "You know, we're doing Casino Royale with Brosnan. Don't think of it as an origin story." Which the, the book really isn't an origin story. It's just the first one. Yeah. Um, Bond's still a, a veteran agent in that, um, and uh, he's like in terms of doing it as the fifth Brosnan movie, we're just going to emphasize that this is like the first relationship that he actually gives a damn about sort of different, um, stories about why Brosnan got canned. Uh, people at Sony and, and MGM were saying that the producers didn't want to pay Brosnan's salary. Some people say he was asking for a 25 million and, and 5% of box office. Um, some people say that they realized he was Irish. <laughs> like, hang on a They're second. Like, whoa, 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 that, whoa, whoa. That would be bad. <laughs> They're like, hang on, what? Uh, so he's down in the Bahamas shooting uh, after the sunset, uh, classic little Brett Ratner joint, mm-hmm. and uh, gets the call from Broccoli and Wilson. So, uh, 
uh, Wilson's kind of stoic and awkward and, and uh, Barbara Broccoli just crying and, and very apologetic saying he's, he's done as Bond. Um, and they, they, the two of them later said that they just wanted to, to you know, wipe the slate completely clean and, and start over and, and reboot, which... Uh, it's, a, it's a drive-by fruiting. If I've ever heard of one or seen one, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sony uh, Sony buys MGM for five million, uh, five billion uh, in two thousand four. Thank you. That hurt, that hurt my brain. <laughs> when you just said that. they gave him fifty bucks and uh, yeah, they, some they Krispy Kreme for, for five million and a pack of Forever Stinks. <laughs> they gave him a Groupon for paintball one weekend. Fifty percent off. It wasn't even a whole. It was. It was just the Groupon for. Yeah, fifty percent off. off yeah. Uh, Barbara Broccoli said her first uh, conversation with Amy Pascal basically went like, "So we, you know, we want to go back to basics, do the original book." And Pascal's like, "Isn't that a card game? Like, does the girl just die at the end?" I'm like, yeah. It's like, okay, well, we're gonna have fun with like M or with with uh, Q and Money Penny, right? Like, no, they're they're not in it, and we're not gonna have Pierce, and we want to do the opening in black and white. Matthew Vaughn, uh, suggested by Chris McGurk, MGM, producers didn't think he had necessary uh, experience. Uh, Martin Campbell, who had turned down all of the Pierce Brosnan uh, sequels, um, basically said yes on that we're going to do a total reboot, reinvent the whole thing. Uh, Casting directors um, met with Carl Urban, Sam Worthington, Ewan McGregor. Uh, They tested a bunch of actors. Uh, Henry Cavill came really close. Uh, I was going to say that Carl Carl Urban, I think, could have been amazing. I think he would have been a good Bond, yeah. Is he, Carl uh, Urban would have been a fucking great Bond. Is he Australian? I think yes. so, yeah. Um, oh, he's so good. I I love him. I think he's good in just about everything he does. Holy crap. He Specifically for this version of Bond, I yeah. think he could have kicked ass. Yeah, I could see that, yeah. Um, Henry Cavill is just too young. He's he's like twenty two. He's probably then. only twenty. And, yeah, early twenties. Yeah. And point. that was part of it. Is they're just like we don't we're not doing like college bond. <laughs> like, um, uh, Campbell asked for a total rewrite of the Purvis and Wade script um, and suggested Paul Haggis, who you know really hot at the time, coming off of uh, Million Dollar Baby and and Crash, um, and yeah, got got him to do it. Um, Chris McGurk told uh, Broccoli and Wilson to watch Layer Cake because he thought this guy, Daniel Craig, would make a really good Bond villain. And uh, yeah. they they watched it. And after the screening, uh, Broccoli said, I'm in love with Daniel Craig. He's going to be our next Bond. Uh, I can't wait to watch his balls be squished. <laughs> we're going to really put him through it. <laughs> we're really going to we're really gonna just put him in a, an old dank submarine and go to town. Um Craig uh, wouldn't wouldn't commit until he read a script, uh, but he finally did uh, in September of '05. Uh, a month later, they announce him as the new Bond. Really, just about a year uh, before the movie comes out, they don't start filming the movie until uh, January of '06. Uh, this had quite the the campaign and anti campaign against it. Do you guys remember like CraigNotBond.net and all that shit? I remember. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I actually remember him being a really controversial casting yeah. choice. I remember a lot of people being really upset about it. Uh, Wasn't there a height thing? How tall is Daniel Craig? Oh, yeah. There, there was everything. People were like, he's he's 5'11", he's not 6 feet. Um, yeah, I remember kids at school being like, he has blonde hair. Yeah. 
<laughs> that was the big like sticking point, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I didn't really I was, get very. I'd like to say that I, I'd like to say that I was busy, like you know, like dating chicks. But this was, <laughs> yeah. I was knee, I was knee deep in about six different musicals at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like I, this was very much when I was like in in like like hardcore musical theater and stuff. I did not have time to worry about James Bond. Yeah, I just remember I never really cared who they cast as James Bond. Like I remember getting in the car one day and mom, my mom was like. Some reason the papers in the car. She's like, "Oh, they cast a new James Bond. Apparently, he's blonde." And I read like the little blurb. And I was like, "Oh, okay." But I guess yeah. it was like a big thing. Like people were really upset about it. Yeah, I was just. I, I don't think I'd seen. I think I saw Layer Cake in Munich before the movie came out, but I don't think I'd seen them when they announced him. So I was just like, "All right, yeah, I guess he looks cool." He didn't. I think it was a little. He he's not classically handsome like like the rest of the Bonds, pretty much. I, I think so. Yeah, I think the bigger issue is probably that he just doesn't really look in the same vein as all the other Bonds. Yeah, he looks. People. He looks like he he look not not a hundred percent. He looks close to if uh, uh, Guy Ritchie did a Bond movie. <laughs> he's the. Like so he's like in him. that he's closer to there. He's closer away. He's like farther away from like a pretty bond into like like I'm not gonna say that that like that man has has eyes so blue that like I've I I I I was already watching the movie in my underwear. If I had been dressed, <laughs> I would have been in you my would have gotten down in your underwear. <laughs> yeah. Um. Like holy crap, that dude has a thousand yard stare. He is. Yes, I, I don't really think he's unattractive. Presence, yeah. I think that he's just not your imagination of what a Bond, I guess, should well, be. Yeah. He's just he's not Probably. Pierce Brosnan. He's not. He's not. He's not. Yeah. Like like all the Bonds were were handsome in a like almost a Sunday matinee vibe way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's more. He isn't. He's he's more rugged. He's got the like that big. He's sort of. He has a bigger brow, and he's like he's pouting and scowling all the time instead of looking sort of stoic. Yeah. yeah. Let's just say it. Bond the character is a pretty boy. He's what we call a pretty yeah. boy. Maybe make fun of him a little bit only because we're jealous about his looks. Probably. Well, he, well it, yeah. You know how I know he's a pretty boy? In America, he's called Jimmy Bond. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's got, got kind of big ears and like a little little face yeah. <laughs> in the middle of his face. Does it really have gray <laughs> hair? And a little <laughs> His hair's weird with like the spiky hairs kind of bad looking. Oh yeah, especially yeah, we're, let's well, just like, all the shit talk have, this like, muscular fantastic. man. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I remember, Look, I remember. I'm, I'm only talking in, rel- in relation to other Bonds, not as a human being, but like other Bonds have like great hair, they have like, you know, Flowing brown locks. They have, yeah. they have, quaff, they have quaffs. Yeah. He's got like spiky blonde hair that may or may not be like leaving his head soon. The other ones are purebreds and he's a runt, right? That's what we're saying. <laughs> I, Basically. I, I remember being at school and uh, some kids in a, in a class talking about the new Bond and, and a like, girl looked at the... Um, the like review in the paper and was just like he's too muscular to be james bond i was like did you go to high school uh, at M- yeah did you go to high school at mgm high like, the way that you talk about high school it's like it was bond all the time. like math math class was just like all right if bond jumps in a in a parabola from the top of a cliff down it le- what in the hot shit was your high school? i know it, it was a big movie people talked about it when it came out my interaction pre the movie coming out was my mom told me that a new James Bond was cast like a year before. Uh, 
This was like an event at your school, <laughs> talking about him. Yeah, it was a, it was a big deal. Like we yeah. we had a parade. <laughs> well, and I think the casting choice is motivated by, you know, strangely enough, I could see a universe where like Daniel Craig would make good British James Bourne. Or, you know, whatever. Jason Bourne, yeah. Jason yeah, Bourne. yeah, Jason and Bourne. He, he, yeah, yeah like totally. He looks like what a British Jason Bourne yeah. would be. And I think there's no doubt that that movie has a tremendous influence over everything that goes into this. And Oh, clearly. As do the the um, uh, the um Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, I think Mission Impossible 3 looms large over this movie. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think yeah, mostly in, in tone, it's, it's still recognizably... Bond with the the scale of it and the locations. I agree. Costumes. I think it's very much a Bond movie. And and obviously, and obviously, it literally it has the it has the exact bones beat for beat as every classic Bond movie in in a way that is very very familiar and safe. And then what they do is they take three or four key moments and completely flip them on their head in a very smart way. That's very modern. Um, you guys remember seeing this in a a theater? I saw this opening night. uh, phenomenal I saw it opening weekend. I went back and saw yeah. it. Yeah, I guess I saw it Friday. I don't think they. I don't know if they had Thursday previews at that point. I saw it Friday night with Todd Evans, who you guys both know. Yeah. Went back and saw it the next week with my brother. It's like you got to go see this movie. It's great. Uh, love it. Have very distinct memories of this movie. I I did a book report about the book in school afterwards. Yeah. I liked it so much. So. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. Saw it with friends. It was uh, as as you said, we were the exact age for this to come out. Like we were, we were yeah. all fifteen, sixteen when this when this came out. Um, which is like, you kind of can't ask for a better time period. For, yeah, for you're uh, in your life for a Bond movie to come out. Um, it it uh, this movie fucking rocks. Yeah, like I I think the reason let me put it this way the reason why we're talking a lot about a lot about this funny stuff is because the actual meat and potatoes of this podcast is gonna be kind of boring. This movie's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it it's like it's without trying. It's a top three Bond movie. Like like easy. It's yeah. I think this movie's fucking great. I I think it's just great. I, every I mean, time you watch it too, it never loses any of the original magic. The first time. Yeah, that I saw it in theaters. I I like it just as much every time. Ah, uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, I mean, it, it very well might be in some respects the best Bond movie that's uses the Bond formula really well. I don't know. It might yeah. be the ultimate realization of that in the modern era, kind of. In a yeah, way I don't way. think. Yeah, part of it is modern and just having really smart writers on top of their game like i i don't know if connery ever got a script that's that's as tight as this really yeah Um, it feels it it feels like a it feels like if someone gave you uh the storyline of of a casino royale but then sat you down and and had you watch octopussy and said great make this now yeah yeah (laughs) because it it literally it has the exact same beats in a very very good way as octopussy oh yeah for for roughly seventy percent of the movie until you get to that final thirty minutes ish, yeah, like it 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 is such a great way, and also it, it also does that the brilliant thing where it, it it's nearly it's weirdly almost a bottle episode. Every time that they return to the table, you get to feel safe for a second. Yeah, yeah. 
because like you know Bond has to win because it's it's a card game and it's a table and and he's he's quote the best and so you have these beautiful moments of safety and then they keep on tearing him away from the place where he's supposed to be winning it's it is like the pacing on the movie yeah. is just so so freaking good yeah i didn't i didn't get that that seemed to be the main big complaint that movie that people had was that like oh the there's too much card playing and the the poker drags and it's like they specifically oh, I like i guess it's some of the best scenes in the movie yeah oh, i think those scenes are great and and they specifically like don't have you at the table ever for more than like three or maybe five minutes and they keep getting you away and he gets poisoned and he fights the the african warlord yeah. and all this stuff happens during the card game too they also i think that they do they they do cards in a very smart way right like they don't do it they don't make it the meat and potatoes the meat and potatoes is him versus Le Chiffre yeah. at the table and the cards are 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 secondary like when I was 16 I I barely knew how to play poker yeah and it didn't matter uh, you, that's the beauty of it you don't have to know anything about poker and granted I would say that one of the only weak parts of the dialogue in the movie is those moments where um, they are trying to explain to a layman like mm-hmm. what poker is. That's sort of the, the only weak spots is something really dynamic will happen and they'll cut to the bar. And yeah. You just have an old man turning over to Eva Green and being like, this is the part where they have cards. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what? okay, thanks. <laughs> like, go, Congratulations, Grandpa. Have another sip of your whiskey. Like... The, other than that, though, like like there's there's what they they only actually play three hands. They don't do the dumb thing where you watch people leave the table in such a smart way. They start with ten. Yeah. The next thing they come back, there are seven, and then there are five, and then there's just two. Yeah, it's brilliant. The way that they do it is, I think, is really smart. Um, and uh, they yeah, like there, there's definitely hardcore Bond fans that uh were are disappointed that they. They switch from Baccarat, which definitely seems like sort of the more romantic, exotic yeah. thing for for Bond to play to to Texas Hold'em. But Hold'em's kind of a better game for like reading your enemy and like bluffing and and the whole. This this was also this was also the time period two thousand like two thousand four to two thousand eight where it was very We're talking about oh, the yeah, time yeah. period where like the World Series of Poker was televised on ESPN live. Yeah. Like like this was I, I remember being just the year after that, I remember being homesick for like a week and I watched I watched poker like five hours a day. Yep. Yeah. Well and and I I mean Baccarat's kind of a there's a luck element in there. There's much sort of, more so than more, much more yeah. so than there is in Texas Holdem. So I actually think if you're making movie drama where you have to have stakes that are being put up on screen and represented visually it's some and through characters it's a yeah. much better way to kind of create drama during scenes they they should have done like uh 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 they should have done like boxcar races they should have done <laughs> like boy scout yeah, boxcar races like the chiffre is like does your car make weight limit <laughs> mr bond <laughs> I, I've, <laughs> I've seen some spoof of this online where the the chief character is like do you play Hungry, hungry hippos, Mr. Bond. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I this came out a couple days after my birthday. I, I went with uh, some friends to to see it uh, opening night, and um, had ca- loved the the movie. Had kind of a bad experience watching it because the sound in our our theater, this Cinemark in in Hadley, Massachusetts, was kind of crapping out the whole time. At a certain point in the middle. 
the sound just kind of goes out for half of the theater and we're just kind of listening for the like the right side of the theater but like i guess i just didn't want to get up and miss any of the movies and it's like okay i can still hear what they're saying um pretty much right when he runs into the sinking building at the end the sound just goes out in the theater uh and then the projectionist is fumbling around trying to fix the sound and knocks the projector so it, it pushes it down and we're seeing maybe a half or a third of the image and so that's how we experienced the the climax of the movie and then we got sound and picture back uh like when he's sitting on a, a sailboat talking to M. yeah <laughs> uh but a week later i got to to see it uh with my family uh at the zigfield theater in new york city great old movie palace and it was during uh, thanksgiving weekend thanksgiving weekend i, me- I remember it very well because i saw it with <laughs> Yeah, Todd Evans that opening weekend. Then my brother, he was a, that was his freshman year at college. He came home that weekend, and I took him over Thanksgiving weekend to see it. Yeah, wonderful Thanksgiving treat. Yeah, <laughs> this is yeah, this is definitely a, a pivotal movie for me. I think if this because I was so down on on Dying the other day, I think if this movie was bad, I'm like half the Bond fan I, I am today. I'm like just <laughs> would have changed my life. Yeah. Um. Well, should we dive into the the first scene? Yeah, it slaps crazy hard. That's my first note about the first scene. It's uh yeah, it's a really cool. The the book kind of mentions that um he's he's killed these two people to make double uh, O status um, in kind of a different style, and um, it it just felt so different uh, at the time showing this uh off the bat and and showing a james bond who is affected by murdering someone yeah can we just say that that's a fucking a fucking bonkers requirement for a job position (laughs) yeah (laughs) like having killed two people is the is the the name the name requirement like the, like the the first thing that this dude in prague is like ah have you killed two people <laughs> like it's lit it's literally like do you have an mba like it's it's it is hilarious to me that like and we all as audience members sit there and we're like uh-huh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good, good um yeah like the little flash uh when he shoots the guy uh dryden where we just see the quick shot as he's falling over of like his family picture yeah like bond doesn't care (laughs) like that's a great scene yeah yeah the only thing that is a little 2006 for me is that when he shoots uh uh uh, dryden and is that he gets launched out of his chair like he's hit like it with a jet engine yeah (laughs) well it's great. Yeah. I, the bathroom fight is unbelievable. Bathroom fight's great. The absolute great. ruggedness of it. Yeah. It goes through the two it's different just... walls is great. The fact that they're crossing, crushing porcelain, the fact that it's in black and white uh, is great because it, it it tells you, you know that this is the the new Bond, but it forces you to contemplate the original like series. Weird. I know obviously Bond has never been in black and white, but it forces your mind backwards in a, in a very good way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a smart way um, of like you know it's a really smart way of telegraphing this is an origin story which is it, it, quote unquote which has never really happened in any Bond movie or book like you said yeah yeah and we're at we're at this point fifteen years later now where like you hear the words origin story and everyone just kind of groans <laughs> yeah. and like this was really early on the, in the origin story yeah game kind of yeah I mean Batman Begins was like a year before 
this not not a lot that you didn't besides have, like you didn't have a second a uh, of... you didn't have like second Spider-Man yet you didn't have um uh yeah like a lot of the ones that started to become jokes like a lot of the ones that started to become sort of like plays on themselves hadn't come out yet yeah yeah and I, I just want to say this has one of my favorite Bond lines of all time when Dryden realizes his contact's been killed and he asks him how he died and he says just not well yeah, yeah. <laughs> great and they immediately go back to them just fighting he's just kicking his ass in that bathroom it's so good yeah, um, this scene's great. It's also great that they don't explain anything. They're just like, I've killed the man in Prague, I've killed this contact, and now I am in M's apartment. Um, the song. Oh, well, first... Oh, sorry, I mean, yeah. Awesome, awesome way of doing um, the gun barrel. Yep, great. Love it. So good. So clean. Goes into just a fantastic song by a fantastic artist who's the most unexpected Bond artist you could probably ever hire, Chris Cornell. It's just... Yeah. I, I've said it once, and I'll say it again. If it weren't for Nostalgia Factor, this is this is my number one Bond song with a bullet. Easy. Hmm. Um, it's, yeah. I know that the, the, well, the two I love, of you I are, just love Chris Cornell, so... I know that the two of you are partial to, to Dare Beatles and whatnot, but, like, to me, it goes Goldfinger and then this. I'm partial to the Octopussy theme song all-time high <laughs> but after that it's fair game i i don't know when when uh when was the last time or if there was a time between this movie and spy who loved me where where we call out like a specific stunt in the the credits or it's sebastian fuchs or something the the free running guy yes parkour david arnold a quote from him he was saying uh we were thinking about the idea of masculinity in music. Having been on the set and watched Daniel Craig, I knew right from the start it should be a more, uh, much more aggressive piece. I think we've had enough of the kind of glorious velvet curtain, you're a dangerous stranger kind of song. It needs to be something much more muscular, which made me start thinking about the idea of who in contemporary music is the vocal equivalent of that kind of man. Chris Cornell, Chris baby. Cornell. One it's of the all-time so great voices. And then the, oh, the actual, the actual credits, like the sequence itself is also really clean and really good. Speaking yeah. of, as I said, I just rewatched uh, uh, Catch Me If You Can, which I said earlier, and it reminds me of it in a very similar way where it is so playful. Like all the card yeah. stuff plays great. Every time he shoots something from his bullet, the clean lines, the spades as bullets, everything, everything is clean in such a nice way. Yeah. Yeah, and ca- kind of like the whole movie, it's just kind of lean and mean. We're we're dispensing with the the women, you know, dancing for no reason, and it's just yeah, action. Yeah. But yet an oddly classic Bond sequence in a weird way. Just the cool art, the way oh, yeah. things are moving, like the kinetic energy is fantastic in it. If this was like you, if this if this had come before one of the uh, the early ones, like you wouldn't have batted an eye. Like the yeah. it, it is it is it is classic in in a in a in a great way. Like it it plays as a lot of this movie does. It plays classic and modern, um, and they continually do it. Yeah. They do it later on with the with the Aston Martins. They do it with the way that he fights. They do it with with the with a poisoning scene and card playing, and they do it with with like this entire movie is is the so much we have made fun of them so often. I think rightfully for being in love with like James Bond the series is in love with James Bond the series there was enough 
fresh voice and ideas on this that for the first time in like 10 movies it actually you 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 are allowed to be in on the joke so to speak yeah, like yeah. every time like i i was watching it with 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 my girlfriend joe and and when the first bond girl comes down the 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 beach on a horse instead of laughing about it she's like ah the bond girl entrance and i'm like yes <laughs> yeah. that's what that's what you should feel like because what what we've been doing for the last couple of movies is going ugh the bond girl yeah. entrance <laughs> Oh yeah, or or you know, compare Gustav Graves, you know, jumping Union Jack par- parachute out of the thing to like still very theatrical in this movie where the chief comes out of the the jeep, and I guess the it's the next scene maybe where we see how how his eye is messed up and bleeding and stuff. Yeah. But like great great villain introduction for him. Oh, I love this scene. Yeah, the scene where they introduce him in the Ugandan child soldier camp is like. <laughs> Perfectly gritty, but also just a great, a great setup for a Bond movie where it's like, yeah. yeah, this guy's in some international, like, crazy stuff. They Something that was clearly it, it a choice. It makes it feel big right away. Something that was yeah. clearly a big choice in this movie, because it's on everyone, is that everyone is moist all the time. <laughs> yeah. This is oh, the yeah. sweatiest Bond <laughs> film ever. And, like, it, everyone is wet constantly. And it like at first like I was making fun of it in my head, and then I was just like, yeah, man, because this one's kind of real, and like they're just <laughs> in yeah. a sweaty camp, and then they're like out on the ocean, and then they're in Miami, and I'm like, it's sweaty. They're going to humid places. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like Craig and and uh, Ava Green look look great most of the movie i clocked that one scene where they're driving to the hotel i was like man they're both sweating a lot here yeah. <laughs> like these are some well, shiny about, people like my, my favorite sweaty place is prague <laughs> i'm telling you morocco w- all these things watch this movie for amount of times that 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 uh daniel craig is like actively sweaty uh or wet and it is constant yeah he's a good sweater i like though they do this really cool thing in the movie where like 60 minutes in they say hey we're gonna take them full wet we're going we're to go real wet. And then Daniel Craig and Ava Green just get into a shower and cry together. It's great. Yeah, there's a lot but of full wet. wet. There's a lot of wet because there's also the, the airport scene. Craig goes full wet there, that's, too. That's a lot of wet. It's a yeah. lot of wet, man. <laughs> just, but but no, but we're, anyway, we're, we're what? We're in, the sheaf comes in and we get child soldiers, and then we get to cut yeah. to, then we get to cut to, somehow a worse spy than bond yeah <laughs> maybe the worst maybe spy the of worst time. spy ever if bond is telling you you're being unprofessional holy crap <laughs> something has gone horribly wrong for you if, yeah it's like if james bond tells you no don't sleep with her yeah. <laughs> like bond's just like get I your hand like- away from your fucking hair <laughs> I do like that, that they have a been... snake fighting a mongoose. I'm yeah. pretty sure that doesn't um, uh, Honey Rider reference that in the first James Bond movie, Doctor No. Have you ever seen a snake fight a mongoose? Oh, yeah, I think she does. I yeah. like that a lot. That's a cool touch in this scene. The uh, chief in in the book is uh, like a Smirsh agent and um, is has embezzled money from from the French Communist Party, uh, which he's trying to win back at the casino. Uh, obviously, to be topical and in 06 they they made him funding terrorism and guerrilla armies and stuff and playing um, the stock, it, and it, playing the stock market which uh yeah remember the crash comes in like the housing and market crash comes in 08 yikes yeah. yikes strangely prescient for that 
they're just like, yeah, this guy's casually shorting the market to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. That won't have any consequences, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, this uh, this chase scene in Madagascar. Um, I think it's it's mostly shot in the Bahamas. Um, it's I I think probably the best. I I think the the action scenes. Um, maybe get a little spectacular as you go, but, but they ramp up the emotional stakes, which, which makes it work each time. Um, but this, yeah, this scene rules. Yeah, Just all the, parkour. all the parkour. All the parkour. Uh, Sebastian uh, Fuken, um, the co-creator of, of parkour itself. Lucky that he's, he's kind of a dynamic-looking person also. Uh, he's got a good face. That's because he does parkour. parkour. <laughs> I, I suppose so. It does that to your expressions. It just, it, this is the thing, and I've been harping on it for several episodes, is like, for the first time, there was a, a current extreme sport that they could actually, like, like, monetize on. Yeah. I was, I was so, as I've said, I'm, I've been done with James Bond the skier and James Bond the water sportsman, and like, God bless the fact that we were like, I don't know, (laughs) I don't know, free running, like, yeah. like, oh, it, and it just feels good. And Bond is like keeping up, but it's all messy. Uh, and yeah. like, you just have this, this oh, other, yeah. this other man who's just flying through the air. It's so good. The whole scene's so good. Yeah. It's, I, I love that, that this, this Bond is, is strong and fast and game, but, but also clumsy and not refined. And it's just bumping into shit. Well, they, they tell you, they tell you yeah. exactly what it is, right? Where the, the par- Mr. Parkour thinks that he's lost Bond, and in other like in a Pierce Brosnan movie, Brosnan would like turn around a corner and like slap him on the face, and then do a <laughs> yeah. do a jovial little yeah, do a jovial little laugh. <laughs> in this one, Daniel Craig like there's a moment where you're like, oh, where's Bond? And then he crashes through a gate and all <laughs> yeah. those tubes just in a giant machine, and so, like yeah. th- you're like, oh. That's this bond because this bond doesn't have the quote unquote refinement yet. This bond is a bull in a china shop. Yeah, I guess it's it's a little bit like the um, the tank in in Goldeneye, um, but yeah. he's doing that with his body too, yeah. just running through the the drywall and shit. Yeah, I mean, I I think that while this is probably the most raw version, there is a sort of a thing of I think this is what makes it a good Bond movie is. Kind of part of the Bond character, at least in the movies, is there is a little bit of always a bull in a china shop. Like sure. just, I think the the line from "Live and Let Die" probably sums it up the best. I think uh, when Solitaire says like, "Oh yeah, he's just gonna bring like fire and destruction," <laughs> yeah. like with him, <laughs> he, the guy's just he just wreaks havoc on everything he touches. Well, it's great because he brings but, it to every scene through the film until he is contained by Felix. Weirdly. Like every single, mm-hmm. he his answer for every problem is the fastest op is like the the fastest solution possible. Like which is what this whole scene leads to, right? We have this amazing parkour scene, which leads into the equally fucking great uh, embassy scene. But the whole point is that he shouldn't be doing all that. And then he goes and he gambles too quickly, and then he goes and he is fighting the warlords before he should. Until it leads to this moment where he has a knife and and Felix stops him. And it's the first time that this Bond thinks about trying to take the tactful solution. Yeah. Yeah, I think with with each... The the Bonds that do the longest all get, you know, a little older, slower in the end. This kind of makes me 
um, this scene in particular uh, gives me that same feeling and probably even more so than like when we first get uh, Lazenby at the beginning and we first get Dalton at the beginning and you're just like, oh, we've got like, we've got a physical bond here. Yeah. who's like ready to like run and punch people again. Uh, and yeah, it, it's just, it's a new kind of He action, runs basically. good too. That dude, some people <laughs> yeah. look good running. He looks good when he runs. <laughs> yeah. And that yeah, the throw, throwing the the gun at Bond and then catching it is is awesome. Yeah, great. And then I like him. Yeah, tr- he's trying. Uh, he's putting himself out there and trying to do the same jumping as Balakas, uh, the the terrorist here, uh, and just messing up and and falling in like the dumpster and stuff. It's brilliant. He like the the perfect uh, picture of it is what the scene that's about to occur, which is that uh, uh, Malaka does the what is my favorite possibly my favorite shot in the entire movie which is him doing the swing through the overhead window um and yeah. the camera clears the camera the camera cuts to the other side and shows that he's done this this beautiful move and it's so fast and so elegant and Daniel Craig runs through that sheet of drywall and is yeah. just as fast but has also ruined a man's day like it, it's it is, <laughs> it's so perfect that this guy is just like whoop like I'm gonna fit through the uh, the hole the size of a dime and Bond just kind of goes brah and like is just there just as quickly. Uh, so this was uh, Daniel Craig's first uh, day of, of filming as James Bond was uh, the most of the action stuff in the uh, the embassy here. This is uh, also a great scene. All the embassy stuff is good. Um, minus the fact that all of those guards shoot their guns all at the same time. <laughs> and then the one yeah. guard turns to all of them and goes, come on. And they all try to climb the stairs at the same time. <laughs> that part is a little, that's a little uh, uh, cartoony. But other than that, this, this whole sequence, I, I also like, I, it's, it's so clean. Yeah. Like disarms uh, the, the, the dude who's like the, the, if not the ambassador, whoever the lead dude is, like knocks his head on the statue. Every, everything in the embassy is great. And then uh, again for for this Bond, he's just on camera this time, killing an unarmed guy. Yeah. And, and I love that in in this case also, it's not even like really his job. Like he shoots this guy, and then his boss is like, "What the fuck, man?" Yeah, we told you specifically <laughs> not to shoot him. Yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, but." <laughs> Yeah, this is like a perfect example of a Bond movie. I think being what a Bond movie, like he should probably have a pretty questionable kill. Like he hasn't been in a lot of movies. It kind of honors like even the weird bad traditions of Bond. Like he's probably doing something bad at some yeah. point. Yeah. Well, he also has that great response, right? Where he he comes home. He's well, not home. He comes back. He's at her apartment, <clears throat> and he doesn't apologize. He says, "I won't be. I won't be on camera next time." And, and yeah, he she, says, "I'll shoot yeah. the camera and first. Sh- and she's like, "That wasn't the fucking problem." Yeah. <laughs> she's like, "Damn it!" And he's he's just there, and he's isn't he in a like a robe or something too? Like, uh, I think he's got like a jacket on. The yeah, the the comfy bastard. Uh, so the first we get um, Le Chiffre on the the boat. Quick yeah. scene hit. Not not a lot happens. No, um, just him taking some absolute schmuck faces to town in poker. Yeah, he just. I think he 
Oh, wait, no, this isn't when he says to bet against um, the Sky sky Fleet, whatever. No, he already said it. Uh, he, sa- he said that right. uh, while yeah, he, he was in... in the first yeah. scene. Yeah, when he's in Uganda. That's what yeah. he makes that call about yeah. on the phone, right? Right, he gets a... Oh, oh, it's... Um, oh, oh, no, this is where... Because his, his uh, henchman, the bald guy, whose name is Krat, yeah. uh, tells him that Bond has killed... Um, the guy who was supposed to to destroy the airplane. Yeah. Like, um, no, also, the, the new guy, the Asian woman uh, he's playing cards with is um, Sai Chin. Uh, she's Madame Wu in this movie. She's also playing with them at Casino Royale. Uh, she was the girl uh, in the first scene of You Only Love Twice. Yeah, that's right. We referenced that in the You Only Live Twice <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and then, I mean, Judy Dench. Yeah. We get a young, uh, Toby, what's his name? He's uh, being yeah. an absolute doofus yeah, out there. Yeah, that dude. Wait, the, who's Toby? The, her, her like, assistant little assistant. guy. What's his oh, name? Oh, Tobias, uh, oh, Tobias Menzies. Menzies, Tobias, yeah. Yeah. Who went on to have quite a good career for a dorky British, like, bureaucrat. What, uh, what else is he in? He's in the next one of these. And uh, Wait, he was in an episode he? of Black Mirror. I don't know. He's been in all sorts of fun stuff. I'm looking him up. Um, um but... he's playing uh, M's assistant, who they call Villiers, who's named after James Villiers, who played Bill Tanner in For Your Eyes Only. Uh, I like him in this movie. I I don't know why they couldn't have brought back one kind of minor legacy character and just made him Bill Tanner in this movie. True. That's yeah. a good point. I love that um, the uh, I, yeah, he dude. was in a, a Game of Thrones as Edmure Tolley. Oh yeah. shit! Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he really good in that too. He, yeah, he's uh been in just like a lot of stuff. He's in The Crown. That's right. God, he's really good in that. He's Prince Philip in The Crown. Um, the you feel he it like, less in the Pierce Brosnan movies, uh, but in this movie, having having the Dame secures it so much the the fact yeah. like the fact that like you have all these great action scenes and stuff and then she comes in and you're like oh that's right one this is a bond film because she's been in the, them before yeah. but two she comes in and she's like this is a serious movie because she yeah. she act, she eats up the she acts her ass off in every one of these scenes um in yeah. a way that i don't think she necessarily did in the previous ones um, like she comes in and she has like fucking feelings. Like it, it, every scene, yeah. every scene feels like she has one line of dialogue where she's like, "James, you're gonna get yourself killed." Like, like it's it's yeah. her yeah. her dialogue is so good in this movie. Well, the, I think the difference between her and the Brosnan movies and this movie is that they're just making her M in the Brosnan movies. They're conforming to basically the M kind of tropes being yeah. in the MI6 office things like that they make a really early conscious decision in this movie that carries through which is one of the really good things about the Craig movies that they make M an actual character mm-hmm. who is in different place and obviously it culminates yeah. in Skyfall which is yeah you know really kind of M's movie in a way yeah um they decide to make her a character they decide to make M a character in a different sense than what you're as opposed to just being like exposition Yes. Which is funny because the M character in Austin Powers is called Basil Exposition yeah. just to make fun of the Basil fact that M is Exposition. only there to 
like they, they really give her a lot to do as opposed to sit behind a desk and like have one good line. And it yeah. it changes a lot from the I, I think it distinguishes the Craig movies from all the other Bond movies. Um, yeah, she's super active. The, also, the, this this film I think really benefits from not having a cue because when when he when he gets to uh, wherever the crap Morocco or whatever the crap, um, he, he thanks her for the new Austin Martin. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, because he he's like and like at every turn he's not dealing with anyone. He, like there's no money yeah. penny, there's no cue. It's Bond and M together, yeah. bonded at the hip. Like it's it's yeah. great. It's it's I, their relationship is so well established in this movie, and it as you said, and I completely agree. It completely hold. It's like one of the only really good things that holds uh, through the next one, and then Skyfall. Yeah, I think Skyfall doesn't work half as well as it does if you don't have this movie and their great relationship set up in this movie. Exactly. Yeah, they. I think the more you watch Casino Royale, the more kind of interesting and and tragic their relationship even just in this movie yeah. gets where at at the end they're you know she's talking to him and he's on the sailboat and there's just this whole undercurrent of like oh she kind of like she kind of knows that she's ruined him and like sort of set him up to to yeah. fail and like learn he's he's kind of a worse person at the end of this movie in yeah. some ways and like less you know says it doesn't trust anyone and yeah. like yeah, he literally uh, and, he's, and he literally the says one, she's he, his mom. He you know? on the phone and you know in a in I'm oh, sorry, on the phone in his very first time where he breaks in front of M specifically, he he he's on the phone and and she's like if you need time and he says what do you mean the job is yeah. done, the bitch is dead. And it's like she has yeah. that moment where she's like Bond would never say that yeah. to me ever. Like this is now a new character. Yeah. Well, and then she has to tell him after that. She's like, you know, Vesper's saved yeah. your life. Yeah. Like, um, which that's, yeah, that's the last um, line of the, the book famously is that he says, like, you know, Agent whatever was a, a traitor. And like, yeah. yes, I said was the bitch is dead. Yeah. Um, well, we'll get to Vesper, but this movie big improvement on vesper from from the book yeah definitely from the little that i remember of it <laughs> yeah it's not this that's probably one of the bigger yeah changes from the book other than the modernization that's a big change from the book or a big kind of branching off um yeah even broccoli wilson and and martin campbell were all kind of like yeah it doesn't exactly make sense that you know we're starting everything over again but judy dench is in this movie but She's Judy. Judy what Dench, are you gonna man. do? Like, what are we yeah. gonna fire her? Yeah, it, <laughs> it never really bothered me. I, I so you the, know. it's the, it's the idea. There's an idea in sports. Uh, uh, Road Warrior, you'll you'll get this. It's a, it's a football reference mostly, but it, it carries through, which is the idea of if you are ever going to to fire someone, uh, you you there's always the concept of the grass being greener on the other side and the idea in sports is you never fire someone unless you are 100 percent sure that you have an upgrade that is coming in because because yep. anything that is like it it, it in it, it happens in movies and sports and 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 probably politics but new is oftentimes new almost 90 percent of the time is bad except for the 10 percent of the time that you know it's an upgrade and it's like you're yeah. not gonna get better than Dench. You would just get new. Yeah. yeah. She, uh, yeah, she's incredible. She, she also, she probably gets the first big um, 
laugh line of the movie that that tells you you know this is still this is we're leaner meaner darker more serious bond but it's it's still gonna be a, a fun ride where she she comes in in her first scene and is like if a you know agent back in the day if an agent did something that stupid he'd have the good sense to defect christ i missed yeah. the cold war <laughs> it's great god it's good learning yeah. I will say that Craig also, and obviously we all know this now because of his later work. Craig's comedic timing's great. Uh, he he oh, yeah. really knows how to how to play Bond in both of those directions. Um, I was I was talking about it uh, uh, to to my girlfriend earlier when I watched the movie. Um, but I was saying that the one place where I I wish, and it isn't a knock on him. I think it's to do with literally like what his face looks like and like his tone and everything. <laughs> the one thing yeah. that is difficult for him to sell is sincerity which in so much of playing james bond is actually a massive benefit because you shouldn't like you should always feel on your toes around him which i think is great but then towards the end of this movie there are certain scenes with him and vesper where like joe joe had like didn't really remember a lot of the movie and she was like she was like not laughing but she was sort of taking light some of their conversation stuff and i was like no we're supposed to think that Bond is falling in like he says love and he doesn't mean it lightly. Um, but yeah, weirdly, yeah. the way that 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 uh, it's delivered, it, it loses a little bit of sincerity, which is interesting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm well, okay with him on on the beach. I think the one moment when he's kind of smiling at um, at the girl uh, with the the Aston Martin uh, Solange when he's like, "Come back to my room," and he has kind of a goofy smile that like. That that's yeah, a it's not yeah, it's not for great. Me. Yeah, it, it's her, yeah, her laugh I mean, look, in the car is also bad. But it's it's just it's he's a great actor. It's just his face. That's yeah, like <laughs> I only because we have so much else to talk about through the course of this movie and all these great things. I, I will say that I I will maintain. I don't think Daniel Craig was the best choice to play James Bond. I'm not sure he can pull off everything that you kind of have come to expect of someone playing James Bond. Mm-hmm. He's pretty perfect for this movie, aside from a few yeah. bad scenes. I, I think he was the perfect casting choice for this movie, and that will sort of forever, in my mind, kind of cement his place as James Bond. Um, yeah, he's he's maybe the best Bond at, like, seeming like a real spy who could kill you yeah yeah <laughs> like, it's a good point um who's that supermodel when when he gets to the hotel there's they have they try to like offset the like people who are like he's not that hot by like having one of the most beautiful women in the world just like make eyes at him when he's when he's walking in um i forget what her name is but it's like a victoria secret model or something know. there's a lot of there's a lot of, um, of of beautiful women in this movie that are just sort of random the the woman who who is there's the, beautiful uh, richard branson branson yeah later on there's some beautiful richard, yeah, richard, richard branson <laughs> with his, his there's my favorite beautiful flowing, person richard branson flowing beautiful locks of hair um you know me you know i love richard branson yeah. the god god bless them for not having him have dialogue um in in this scene or in this this setting there's the like the the woman who's running the front desk of the hotel because this is the hotel that he goes yeah. to um uh to find specifically like uh Lashif's or con- well he doesn't know if he's going for Lashif, but the contact that is between the bomber and Lashif. um right and like you have the dude's wife uh and she gets all the the screen time and whatnot and then you have 
um, who this woman who has been in a bunch of other stuff, but she plays like the uh, the receptionist at the hotel. Um, mm-hmm. um, right before that great great comic bit with uh, the guys mistake the German guys mistake him for a valet. These you know snooty rich guys. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's another like th- this is the first Bond that sort of introduces like kind of a class element where yeah. like Vesper's saying like he was out of school by the grace of someone else's charity yeah. and here are these these rich guys being like drive my car and he's like all right fuck you guys yeah, yeah. like no one uh, no one would ask a... Pierce Brosnan to like no one would mistake Pierce <laughs> yeah. Brosnan for a fucking uh, uh, valet I also have one question because I don't remember did those guys call him boy at one point it's possible I think he's just like I think he might say "oi" or something like that. Maybe that's it's like, it. Hey. Yeah. I, I could, yeah, there's some weird thing that they call him where it's like, "Oh, okay." But it's a fun moment that's also Bond being smart and and using that as a distraction to to sneak into the um, like security tape room. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 great. I like everything that happens um, here at the hotel. He also. You have him showing. You have him showing his moment of cards, where he sits down at the table and he he wins the, the original the the sixty four Austin Martin. Um, you have him, as we said, like you know, t- getting and betting uh, the Bond girl. Um, like the, this, all of this stuff. And I th- er- earlier I said um, that this movie mirrors Octopussy, and I was I was I meant to say Doctor No. That was that was my brain fart. Um, there's there's some octopusy in it though, where there's the early like uh, betting game with a with a villain in like a, a place and like the, sure I, I I didn't disagree with that uh, yeah I don't disagree either well I, as I said like this the what, a lot of the strengths of this movie is that it follows a, a large portion of the the the, the tropes right yeah Bond. well I, we, uh, we talked about this on the octopusy podcast though. You take out three scenes of absolutely terrible humor, it actually follows the Bond tropes like one of the most closely of all the movies in a good way. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I like all the scenes in, in, that happen in this this hotel. They are all necessary, but they all feel they all none of them are anything spectacular. They are comfortably James Bond. Yeah. Well, we also have the the Bond girl. What's supposed to be the Bond girl? sexy bond girl intro uh turns into the scene where uh james bond is the bond girl and we're like oh look at her oh shit look at him yeah he comes out and you're like oh so we're not <laughs> it, that feels like a really pointed uh attack on pierce brosnan's body <laughs> i'm that feels like a that feels like a not kind sort of like he comes out and all of us go oh this bond can crush can like crush Works coconuts out. like this bond yeah. for later on literally is like what a shame to kill a man with such a beautiful body yeah. like oh uh, it's I, it's it's kind of yeah it's it is they're very mean to previous bonds by being like ugh <laughs> finally a ripped bond i just have one question it's a side note we don't have to spend a lot of time on it when the Bond girl, that's not really the Bond girl, because Bond is the Bond girl, rides her horse on the beach, who cleans up the horse dumps on the beach? Because I feel those, like I think that I think those little those kids. children, those little okay. children, <laughs> that's their job as they kind of yeah. She gives them like a soda. Okay. 
that actress Caterino uh, Murino, um, she had fallen off a horse and broken a rib like right before her audition. Uh, so she said she had to like go on a horse every day and was kind of like kind of terrified of doing that scene. Uh, then we get Bond uh, at the you know where he's most comfortable at, at the casino here. Uh, I like seeing the uh, German guys again saying Guten Abend. Yep. And he drinks a little rum in this one. Yeah. Uh, I love this scene. I love that he takes this guy's car, which is just awesome. And it's an Aston Martin. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a fun way to reintroduce the the car. Yeah. Um, the the woman who's playing uh, cards with them here is uh, Diane Hartford. Um, she was married to this uh, like real estate developer um, who let them use some locations on Thunderball, and she's the woman that uh, Bond grabs in Thunderball and dances with for a second um, before Fiona dies. Yeah. You should have told me you had a wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we get. Uh, let's see. This happens. He wins the car. Um, he wins the girl. He wins the girl. Uh, she ends up in a net. Doesn't get to, to consummate uh, yeah. the relationship. I will say. I will say. When it comes to consummating, that he, uh, the moment with with the phone and the caviar is great. It's a very it's yeah. a very classic Bond moment where he he walks over to the phone and he calls down for the for the caviar and for the champagne. And as she walks away. And he's like, for, and, and you can just hear the like, for two? And he's like, no, for one. And then just like hard cut Miami yeah. city streets. Like really but, uh, good, really good classic Bond spy cut. But also feels like new Bond. Like you, you can only imagine like Connery or Moore being like, yeah, obviously for two. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to stay here. True, true, <laughs> fair, very fair. <laughs> <laughs> Roger Moore's like, I don't follow people after 10 p.m. I have night blindness. I, <laughs> I couldn't possibly drive when it's this dark out. Miami is a dirty place. I love that they go to the bodies exhibit. That's fun. Yeah. Fucking Joe laughed so hard. She was like, she was like, it isn't the cell phones. It isn't the technology. The bo- the bodies <laughs> the, exhibit. This. Yeah, she was like, the bodies exhibit tells you exactly when this movie comes out. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, cool, cool standoff uh, between Bond and uh, Demetrius uh, at the museum there. I don't know if it's exactly believable that he can just murder someone and put him down there. But... Yeah, it's a cool Bond thing, though. I'm yeah, talk, that's one of the things that makes this a cool Bond movie. He just kind of kills someone. He just a kills a dude. The knife is great. The the uppercut to the nose is great. Um, and then and then this, this next this next whole scene, the whole airport shit. That is when your 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 minority reports and your Jason Bournes are like in full show. Yeah, like also uh, major uh, Raiders vibes with the yes. jumping into the the front of a truck and like yes. you know kicking and punching. A and guy. then he gets yeah. and then he gets pushed out and the door falls off. The whole thing. I was sitting there and I was like, man, I wish I was watching Raiders. Yeah, it's. A great scene. I, this might be, in some ways, my favorite action scene in the movie, the uh-huh. airport scene. And the ending of it, the little button on the end is just so great. When, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, the guy when, when, finds out that the when James Bond James Bond doesn't blink and looks at death, <laughs> looks at a, a fiery, explosive death cold in its fucking heart. Holy yeah. crap! It's horrifying. That like, what a terrifying choice. But just like they use yeah. that the noise of that little bomb so well, they use the like blinking noise, and you don't really realize why. I mean, that's one of this is like great filmmaking. Yeah, you hear that setup. a lot, and you get the response. Like you start to understand what that little blinking sound means, and then like when you hear it on him at the end, and then seeing yeah. his face, you're like, ah, oh, that's that's good. I love that. That's yeah. good filmmaking. Like also a scene. Everyone is wet all the time, constantly. Uh, yeah, everyone is wet. Yeah, <laughs> everyone is wet. Uh, Casino Royale. Everyone, everyone is, is wet. wet. Um, the the guy whose uh, neck gets snapped on on the runway is is Martin Campbell. Um, although it's a different face uh, when he's lying there and Bond sees him, but little director cameo. Uh, yeah, but maybe the most spectacular action sequence of the movie. It's it's pretty great. It's damn good. Yeah. And the practical effect of uh, they just had that um, like it's taxi or, or cop car that gets uh, lifted up by the the force of the the plane. Oh, love that! Yeah, um, but the, yeah, they just yanked it on a, a rope. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, great scene. At this point in this movie, sixteen-year-old me was like, "Yeah, it's like cool." <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's the most if this movie of, of really maybe just doing action for like action's sake but it's it's awesome and it, it still you know reinforces the character stuff we know about bond and and moves the story forward uh, a little bit and forcing the chief to get uh more desperate because it takes his uh well it takes his all his money away yep and let's take a brief sidebar to talk about the mods the mickelson oh yeah I think this is a I, lot I of people's introduction to him as an actor. Yeah, totally. Wow. What a performance. Yeah, I don't know if they even really considered anyone else or if they'd just seen him in a few of the like Dogma movies and were like, this guy's awesome. Like, He's a little scary looking. Yeah. <laughs> but he does that, that classic uh, Bond villain thing well in, in the mold of like, a Robert Shaw or like a Sean Bean where he's like in some ways could almost be Bond and is like a handsome guy but a little bit creepy and scary looking too. Yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the spookiest man you want to have sex with. He's, he's... Yeah. It, it, like, it picture... This, his performance in this, like the fact that, that he then uh, obviously went and played Hannibal um, in and was freaking great at it like and he's been great in everything that he's ever done i absolutely adore him as an actor um but he like this whole movie you're you're like you you obviously you want him to fail because like he's the villain and stuff but like just as you said like he's freaking classy and handsome and he's got the 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 black on black on black tuxedo and he's and he's like he's he's not of an actual bad guy he's like weirdly playing the bad guys yeah like, uh, like it—it's that great thing where he is not truly a villain. He is a—he is a businessman, um, in yeah. a, in a way that a lot of the Brosnan movies would have made cartoonish. Uh, he is—he is like, the like you know, it's that thing where it's like, oh, I, I'm not actually—I'm not trying to end the world. I'm not trying to build a super laser. I just want a bunch of money. 
Like yeah, well, and he's just trying to not die, and for most of this story, yeah. because he he's fucked up and yeah. lost a bunch of money. He, he's wanting money to save his own head, really. Yeah. At this point, he's in the. I think that's what also makes it cool is he's a desperate villain, kind of where yeah. a lot of Bond villains are sort of operating from a position of power yes. a lot yeah. of times, where they have all the resources and everything. Like this guy's kind of on the run himself. Like yeah. he has a particular hatred for Bond because it's like, dude, you're going to literally get me killed like yeah. not like you're gonna foil my plan to bomb fort knox like you fucking asshole <laughs> i'm just trying to like steal a bunch of money and and he doesn't have that like hans gruber or like alec trevelyan like kind of cool stylish factor as well I, he's maybe stylish but like he, he's just kind of desperate and and pathetic there's the scene where they get attacked in his hotel room and he's just gonna watch his girlfriend get like dismembered yeah. and like you're like, are you kidding me? You're with this guy? Yeah, it just makes him... You're right. Like, He's such a unique Bond villain in the sense that like, he kind of is just a normal... Not normal, but like... He's kind of guy on the run, like pathetic guy, the yeah. shitty gangster kind his, of... He has, a line, he has a line on the boat uh, with the establishing poker scene that's really great where he starts to bleed from his eyes, uh, or from his eye, and he dabs at it and i don't remember the exact line but he turns to the guy and he tells him what the problem is and it, and then says this like essentially says like i'm i'm not dangerous or something like that like yeah with a he little... says it's uh nothing sinister yes exactly it's nothing sinister with a little laugh and that is exactly who his character is he gets yeah. more and more desperate but like he's just kind of a really shitty he's yeah. he's wolf of wall street but like yeah. you know for criminals yeah it's yeah, it's a great he's, character because he's he is that that mathematical genius and he knows all the odds of the cards. But he just you know he's he's undone by himself and he gets too cocky and gambles too much. Yeah, he's like the Bond villain equivalent of William H Macy's character in Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> <That's great>. <laughs> <laughs> he does say "darn tootin'" a lot. <laughs> he sells. Chrysler's in a lot. Yeah. You know? I William H Macy would would have been a it still could be, but would have been a great Bond villain. Yeah. Uh, I, give give me William H Macy as as Jack Wade in the next Bond movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, now Bond, I, I don't I don't know about this one, Bond. <laughs> oh shit. We all know it would go to Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, our <laughs> yes, favorite, yeah, our yeah. beloved Timothy Chalamet. Our little well, our he, little he can't play Felix and Jack Wade. That's a valid point, unless. I like no. the meme that uh, came out recently where why do guys named Timothy go by Tim and not Moth? And I, I want to start calling him Moth Chalamet. Moth. The, <laughs> it's just Moth Chalamet. Mon Mothma Chalamet. Mon, Mon Mothma. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying it. Hashtag let's call him Moth, okay? Yeah. Let's call it Timothy Chalamet Moth. Um, uh, the, finally, though, we're about to get to the bread, of the bread and butter of this whole stuff, which is when they actually yeah. get there and they start playing frickin' cards. Although the, yeah. the, the car scene comes first and meeting what's his jackass. Oh yeah. Vesper? No, uh, well <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm kinda skipping the You're talking scene. about the like, French the French uh Yeah. What's his name? The officer oh, um, guy. Marquis. <laughs> Wait, uh oh uh yeah Giancarlo Giannini or yeah, whatever. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he's great. Croissant. Mathis. Yeah. Math- <laughs> Mathis. De- Deja vu. <laughs> J.W. Croissant. Yeah. <laughs> he is the J.W. Pepper equivalent of... He's just like... 
aggressively French. Well, he also he fits in that that really great James Bond role as well of like the local guy that you love until something goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. And like usually the local guy dies, but um, but like this does a, a great different play on it. Um, I just like to point out he does get ultimately cleared though. Oh yeah, he's, totally. Yeah, and in the book, I don't think he's ever under suspicion. No. Um, I I want to talk about the train scene for for a second because I, I yeah really I agree like the it. train scene's a pretty great scene. Um. Yeah, great. It's probably great. one of the better scenes of dialogue in any James Bond movie ever. He drinks yeah. a lot in this scene. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I see he's got a whiskey in front he of him. He goes full bottle whiskey to full bottle wine to aperitif. This man this man drinks I, in this scene. I call that a Wednesday night, you know. <laughs> uh yeah, just just the scene of of Bond and the the woman meeting and it and it not being like Oh, ornithologist, there's a mouthful of crotch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, so, so many lines here. I think it ends with, uh, like, how is your lamb skewered? One sympathizes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I uh, I have this thing. I don't have a problem with her at all. She's she's a very good actress, but there's something that is always a little off-putting to me about, about uh, Eva Green. Yeah, you find her too weird. I understand. There's just something, man. There's an intensity in the eyes that's almost like. Well, the two of them also are trying to are having sort of a gruff off. Each of them is like, but I I smoke more cigarettes. No, I smoke more cigarettes. She could like steal my pancreas in like a witch's ceremony or something. (laughs) Well, that's why she did. So like after this, like her other really big thing. Well, she's done a bunch, but her other really big thing was was uh, Penny Dreadful. Yeah, um, where she's playing a literal witch, but like, and it's I don't know why. There's just something about her that where like it's there's always been something about about her that like it rubs me in a direction where I'm like I don't trust you ever. <laughs> well, I I mean, arguably you're yeah. you're a better suited audience member than than me and in, in watching this then, because uh, that is Vesper Lind. Um, she's apparently cast because. Uh, Martin Campbell really liked her in um, Kingdom of Heaven, which is uh, underrated movie. Um, yeah, uh, Olivia Wilde, Rachel McAdams, Tandy Newton, uh, all up for this role. Uh, MGM and Sony really wanted them to to consider Angelina Jolie and Charlize Theron, but I, I think they they kind of wisely yeah. said like uh, Broccoli and and Wilson kind of said at that point like. Halle Berry was the exception, not the rule. Like, especially starting fresh and making this a Bond movie that's that's about the story. It's just it's way too distracting having Angelina Jolie in, yeah. in here. Let's let's be honest. There was two exceptions to they they cast for stars in World Is Not Enough and Die Another Day. Uh-huh. I think it probably hurts those movies. And, I yeah. granted, I want to watch her in everything. I think that Rachel Weisz would have kicked absolute ass in this role oh yeah, yeah I think she, so. she'd be great she probably this, actually yeah. would have been the the maximum level of star you would have got that wouldn't have been distracting she also she it, would, it would don't, she's yeah. also she would have been like 35 when the movie came, comes out yeah. she's like the perfect yeah, she, age to like be an accomplished accountant slash person like in the government slash like have another relationship yeah. like like 
now again, I'm massively biased because The Mummy is one of my favorite films of all time. The Mummy is a good movie. Um, yeah. But like Kevin J. O'Connor also could have played a great uh, Bess Berlin. But like she. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that that is true actually. <laughs> um, but like I think that she would have. I think she would have been really good in this. Strangely enough, she's. I think married to Daniel Craig in real life. Yeah, right? I was gonna say it's it's yep. only distracting watching it now yep. because we would know that they were actually married. Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean a- Ava Green's very young in this. She's like twenty five or something. She doesn't. I think she can. She you plays can ageless. Believe that. Yeah, you can easily believe that she's thirty three here. Yeah, or there are like, there are definitely angles where you where you like, especially because she's she's continued to have a really really great career. There are angles where I'm like, oh, you're you are so young just because yeah. just because we've now known her for so long um but you're but it, right that it's not like in the uh, film it doesn't read creepy or it doesn't read it she reads ageless she reads like she could be 22 she could be 32 yeah it's not like some of the roger moore girls where it's like oh you're way too young yeah well it also helps that like daniel craig is <laughs> in his does, 30s yeah it doesn't have like a, a what like a cane like daniel craig like like doesn't dare talk about Roger Moore with a cane, okay? <laughs> Daniel Craig's Bond doesn't use a Stairmaster in the casino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should really, uh, we should go back and, and cover every movie again so we can do a sweatiest scene uh, ranking of, of every Bond movie. Yeah, the sweat index, is what we'll yeah. call it. I think, I think for, like just an environment where it doesn't necessarily make sense them riding in this taxi being, being all sweaty. pretty wet yeah, <laughs> yeah. so weird <laughs> they're wet. very wet in this car <laughs> like did they was the ac making too much noise that they were like you know what <laughs> we're just gonna have you in this hot car with like jackets people are just wet uh, through this whole movie man i swear to god everything's wet look inside it's wet outside it's just a wet movie it's a wet film the sheaf is wet yeah. later from he's like flop sweating like his girlfriend's wet the warlord's wet everybody's wet this makes this movie makes thunderball looks look as dry as quantum of solace that was a terrible joke <laughs> that was a terrible wonderful joke oh no <laughs> You can you can laugh for for other reasons, like my James Bond humor. I think it's good. Uh, that's that's great. Uh, so we get the classic Bond trope of we're sleeping in two beds and. Uh, oh yeah, I like that that line in the um, the taxi where they're kind of making fun of the the Bond stereotypes. Where he's like, "Your name's Stephanie Broadchest." <laughs> yeah, this feels like a really good like perfect deconstruction of a bond scene with like a girl he's on a mission with yeah. but like also honoring it and being exactly it in the same way you yeah know? uh yeah but also being like he still really wants to sleep with this girl yeah. he's, he's just not gonna be as like handsy as connery yeah exactly yeah <laughs> it's yeah he his bond plays it in a different way his bond plays it in a like i know it's gonna happen you know it's gonna happen so i don't have to work for it yeah I love that line also where he says, uh, am I going to have a problem with you, Bond? And he says, don't worry, you're not my type. Smart, single. Yeah. <laughs> this, this Bond movie is just like, yeah, he, he's into married women. <laughs> Bond actively pursues married women. They are, yeah. they are quote, easier, as was, yeah. was what he <laughs> like, says yeah. earlier. Knowing Ugh. his ego, it's, uh, 
Not surprising. Then he then he gets to the hotel. Then you have a great Bond moment where he comes up and and he's like, "The room's under James Beach. The name is James Bond." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that also with with Le Chiffre where he's like, "I know you're going by Beach, but I know your name's Bond." Bond's like, "I don't give a shit." <laughs> <laughs> um, like it's it's great having them just recognize each other at the beginning, and then you have again. The sweet, sweet new DB5, which is such a pre- such a pretty car. Oh yeah, it's the, uh, it's the DBS. Well, yeah, DBS, DBS. That's what it is. It's oh, it's his so little, sexy. His little compartments with his little gun and his little defibrillator, which I don't know why that's in there. It's so fucking cool when it pops out. But they also the way they like slide out. They do it in that great way where like this is a mini Q scene where they're like, these are yeah. the gadgets. They will be used, yeah. and guess what? Yep. They all get used. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it, it's convenient to have the defibrillator, but also, you know, spies get fucking poisoned. We, we've, how many stories in our lifetime have we I don't care, it's awesome. Poisoned? Yeah, yeah. Know, like... it, it makes more sense than, you know, give a spy a defibrillator for, for no reason other than you might get poisoned than, like, here's an avalanche jacket in yeah. case your <laughs> oil <laughs> mission takes you to snow. By the time he uses it, you're so nervous about him just living that yeah. you don't really care like by what means, so it kind of works perfectly in that sense. They don't give you time to think about how stupid it is that that's like that one comes of two custom. they put in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was a gun in that. Here's your yeah. gun and here's your poison kit. <laughs> uh, Giancarlo G- Giannini? Something like that? Um as Mathis really good he I think he's done like mostly like Italian movies but he was he was just in um in Man on Fire like a couple of years before this um and then Michael Wilson uh gets his cameo out of the way as the the local corrupt chief of police who they they get uh framed and arrested here uh and then I guess we're playing cards or no they have to um they buy each other uh clothing which yeah. I like that, that we we had Bond girls before who we set up as, like, you know, she's the Bond's equal as, like, a badass, like, super spy. And this is just, like, they they both kind of live the lifestyle, and they're both, yeah. like, you could dress better. Yeah. yeah. Again, the line that I made fun of earlier as being a, a perfect Woody Allen line, but the, yeah. like... She the she buys him a coat like a dinner jacket and he's like you bought me a dinner jacket and, and he's like you had it tailored and she's like I sized you up the moment I yeah. saw you. But she goes there are dinner jackets and there are dinner jackets and this Bond is the latter. I think it's a great line. I think it's a like a that's a classy sexy fucking line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, kind of our first hint of the James Bond theme. Uh, where he's looking at himself in the the new tux. Damn, does that man look good in a tux? Yeah, I'll tell you what. If if on no if on no other merits, Daniel Craig can wear the shit out of a tuxedo. Yeah, that dude looks good in a, in a in in even when even later later in this they have uh the, his last poker scene. He's in uh, just the shirt, the bow tie, and the suspenders. Wowza! Yeah. He he wears the crap out of that. So I think most of the the exteriors are uh, a little bit outside of Prague and in, in the Czech Republic for um, what they say uh, is Montenegro, which is really kind of a, a war torn, impoverished country. I think in reality, but it's it's very luxurious in, in this movie. Yeah, this is a a movie where like. Uh... There's multiple scenes that could just take place in multiple places, and I don't know what they really are. They do a good 
like they use geography really well in this movie, and like cool exotic locations without really calling attention to them in a distinct way, yeah. which I kind of like. It's a little bit of the Isthmus City, like vibe of it. It's like, hey, here's this place. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like, it's kind of real. It's kind of for this movie. It's supposed to be a real place, but. Well, as I said, this also, this is also the part where it gets to that really great thing where it turns into a bottle episode, right? Like you have the it, exact. It really matters when he's in the casino. You have like, the, that's the like set. the best part too is that they don't even set up any. Nothing matters about this location except for the people in it, and none of the people in it are from here, which is great. Yep. Um, it, it, the, all the different players at the table are, are awesome and weird and cool. Each of them looks like they should have a bond story of their own. Um, the, the, the Swiss dude who leads the whole thing is amazing with his awesome, weird little creepy laugh that he does all the time. The, I love, I even, I love the, the dealer, the dealer plays this, this so perfectly. Like, like the, the, I, I. All the card stuff, I absolutely adore because I think that every bit of it is is handled um, kind of perfectly. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, great choice for uh, Felix Leiter. Yeah. We, we don't realize it's Felix Leiter for first so time. I, I mean, at least I recall ever really seeing him in anything. Yeah, probably. He's uh, he's such a good choice for for Felix too because he is he is clearly American, right? In yeah. everything he does. Um, he is not a threat to bond sexually or anything, but at the same time, you're like, I take this guy seriously. I also very much understand why bond is friends with this dude. Yeah. Um, like I was trying to explain it to Joe and I was like, there have been so many Felix lighters, but they're always either like so dopey American or so like Miami vice American. (laughs) And finally they were like, let's just cast a guy that like, is kind of a like he's kind of a pencil pusher, but at the same time, like he has an edge to him. Yeah, so a guy that could be a real spy. Yeah, exactly. Spy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that moment where he where he grabs his arm and he's like, "I'm bleeding chips," and I'm like, "I yeah. bet you are." <laughs> you don't have the the chutzpah that that Bond does. Great close ups on uh, on the Schieffer's face and eyes and scar at the, yeah. the table, like. It's a real toss-up who has the better, like, Leone, like, eye close-ups, Daniel Craig or, or Mads Mikkelsen in this movie. Because yeah. they, they're both really striking faces. Yeah, they, they start to set up the whole uh, the tell that isn't a tell that is a tell thing, right. which is good. Again, there's some really messy dialogue about it where it's like they have to describe to, to the audience what a tell is. I wish that they had trusted us a little bit more. Yeah, or, or yeah, Bond has to tell Vesper what bluffing is. Yeah, that's like as I'm if sure as if the word yeah, as, yeah. <laughs> no, but that's the crazy part. As if the word bluff doesn't exist in in like English di- dialogue without cards. Like the word bluff is, is 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 outside of that. Yeah, I think I think maybe they're they're stealing from the the book a little too much there. Like the vibe of the book where he kind of explains Baccarat to. Uh, to Vesper, which I appreciated reading the book again last week because I don't know how Baccarat is played, and I kind of know how it's played now. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, she's her in the movies is, is such an improvement uh, than the book. I just at one contrast uh, in the book, I, I took down this quote uh, after the the scene where I think uh, Mathis or, or Lighter introduces him to to Vesper. Uh, and Bond's kind of reflecting on the day and says, uh, and then there was this pest of a girl, he sighed, 
Women were for recreation. On a job, they got in the way and fogged things up with sex and hurt feelings and all the emotional baggage they carried around. One had to look at them, uh, one had to look out for them and take care of them. Bitch, said Bond, and then remembering the Munces, he said, bitch again, more loudly, and walked out of the room. That's God lovely. I mean, that's just beautiful. <laughs> it's, it, it, the, the amount that I have to separate my love for Bond from <laughs> ev- so hatred everything Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming. Jeebus. Like. He had opinions. Uh, yeah, see, the, no. the problem with the, it's like. It works a tiny bit in the book where where Bond is is won over with her and they have a relationship, but in in the movie it's like it's okay for him to have that attitude a little, but then he actually becomes a better person and ends up respecting Vesper before everything falls apart. Yeah, uh, but you just don't see that real development or, or learning in the book. No, the no. pacing in this is really good because you have like the scene that's about to come up after they start their cards and whatnot is that. They take a break from cards, and Le Chiffre is threatened in his room by the warlord, right? Yeah. And Bond has his gun that he has that he has stowed at the front desk. Yeah. Which is great. Um, he gets the gun from the car, puts it inside of a bag, and then this 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 front desk attendant it hands him a bag that she has definitely felt up. And this woman definitely knows that that is a gun. There's no way yeah. in hell that this woman doesn't isn't aware that she's handing me a gun. But she's like, I don't get paid enough. Yeah. Um, this hotel is a fire hazard. None of the doors open or close. <laughs> by the way, um, but like Bond, Bond drags her along to I guess. Spy on the chief, ish. Yeah, if I was Bond, I, I would have probably sent Vesper back to the room at this point. Yeah, even to do any sort of spy work at all, probably. If you, the fact that he thought that there was a that he might need the gun should have been his his cue to be like, you need to go to the room. Um, yeah. Instead, they get to to the chief's floor, and then in again a very slapstick time. They both leave the elevator, and he's like, you should probably go. And she's like, I agree, and turns around to the elevator closing. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you get the you get the really great scene where the chief is, is being threatened, and Stephanie, like, does not bat an eye at his girlfriend losing an arm. So I'll say this again. Mod's really wet in this scene. <laughs> so wet. Just like, it's like this... What was the spray bottle budget on this movie? You know, like when you're an actor yeah, and you're yeah, like the spray. Yeah, like, everyone's wet. Yeah. Did they use a like a hose with like the the nine different mist settings on there? Everyone's wet. The warlords are wet. Le Chief is wet. I'm I'm surprised that they're able to grasp the machete at all. Like for how wet everyone is. If you're gonna lose a limb, what limb would you lose? If a warlord broke into your hotel. In Montenegro, and said like you have to lose one limb. Pick right now. I'm uh, yeah. Go on left leg. I'm going the Lashif route. I'm I'm losing my girlfriend's <laughs> arm. Okay. Well, very selfish of you. Yeah. Are you kidding um, me? I'm gonna go right leg. And I, I rest my case. I'm I'm <laughs> taking the Lashif. Lashif is, is great. He's he's sitting pretty in this scene. He's like I do not care, one bit. Um, this woman has not and, had and, any dialogue. Like, <laughs> like she does not matter. And they're fine after that. She's she's around for the rest of the movie yeah. until 
I, I guess she gets killed on the the bar. I was about to say yeah. she's she's at the barge. She's like yeah, she's a a a key player in this entire happenstance. Yeah, I think she knows what she's into. She's not innocent in all of this. Like Lord, no. She, yeah, she, she's in she on the plot. With, Bond, yeah. yeah, like she is integral to to everything that happens. Um, but then yeah, the, the warlord starts to leave. And by the way, warlord's bodyguard. That's a spy. That dude's a spy. Yeah. He spots the the earpiece in Bond's ear. Immediately turns, <laughs> fires, like he he dies in a dumb Bondian way, where Bond just throws him over a a a, a stair like a staircase. But like that dude's badass. I want that dude in my corner. Yeah, Bond does throw him down like fifteen flights of stairs. Yeah. So I mean, it's he understandable that he dies. Yeah, yeah, but it's just because they need the the like. That was the thing I was going to say. All the fighting in this movie is really great because they turn away from what started to happen, which was we need more people fighting when what they actually needed was real fight choreography. Yeah. Um, where finally, like, it's not Bond kicking the shit out of 15 people. It's Bond having a very, very intense fight with one guy. They finally got back to what they should have realized, which is with with Red Grant, where it's like, well, you just want to watch Bond yeah. fight against an equal and win. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, really, really affecting kill there. Um, I was struck watching it again last night with the amount of blood that's on him. And yeah. just, like, I don't even know if they let that happen in, like, PG-13 anymore. Or, or if it's just, like, Disney's too soft and don't do that in their movies. Because, like, I, can you think of a, like, harder, like, more intense PG-13 than, than this movie? No, it's, no, it's in no. You're right. The ring, <laughs> yeah. The ring should scary. have definitely been rated R. I'm just gonna say that right now. Yeah. No 13 year old should see the ring. And I stand <laughs> by that. I saw the ring in 13. It was not <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, this um, yeah, you're you're dead right, and it's it's this allows for for him and Vesper to get closer. Where they're like, he goes up. He has the scene where he cleans himself off, and he's able to quote-unquote steal himself because he's a professional and then he he goes through that door that remember that door is supposed to be locked she said ex explicitly that she was going to make sure that the door between the rooms was locked and it it purposely isn't and it's left open yeah he walks in um and she's in the shower and it's it's a really meaningful needed useful scene um because like it, one, he, he gets to see her with, with sort of quote-unquote armor armor peeled away, which is like she has the line of dialogue about it later in the film. Um, but two, uh, uh, it, it you can see why he goes downstairs and gambles away the money because he's trying to get her out of the situation. Um, like it's the exact reason why he goes down and he is, he is too aggressive is because he's like, I'm done. He's like, we yeah. need to end this. It's uh, the shower scene's interesting. They he had like her whole hand or like three or four fingers at least in his mouth, and apparently the, certain people saw that and were like, "That's too weird. Like that's too creepy." And so they they digitally edit out like two of her fingers, so he's just like sucking on two fingers. Which no, knowing that you can see it a tiny bit that like I, she's I, got a finger that disappears here. I would personally say any amount of finger sucking <laughs> would be like a little weird. 
especially if it's your first physical interaction, yeah, which is I mean, co- comforting yeah. a, a person who's been who's aided a murder. You just aided in a murder. It's yeah. a very weird thing to do. I mean, I could see yeah. it in like a non-murder context. Well, to me, it's word. like it's it's uh, it's Freudian, right? Like it's the whole point. One, she literally turns to him and she says, "Even though I don't literally, I feel as if I have blood on my hands." And so he yeah. he then has a a moment where because he's an orphan, where he literally is returning to. Um, Freud had these this this idea of the, these states that um, were the different um, sort of like states of growing up, and that one of the earliest stages is the the is a, the oral phase, and, and it goes like oral, anal, like playful with hands. Like there's a bunch of different bullshit Freudian things. Right. But this idea that Bond is just as weak in this moment, like he's returning, quote unquote, to a, 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 a motherly standpoint with, with this, this woman. Um, but at the same time, he is lit. He's trying to remove the blood from her. Um, uh, in, in sort of like the only way that he can cleanse her, which which is like I don't know, not to to overthink this weird choice, but like that's sort of my job on this ridiculous um, no, audio I, experience. I'm, I'm okay with the the choice. I I don't mind the shower scene. I think the shower scene's great, um, and it's it's them. It's part of what makes I think them coming together believable is is going through that yeah. kind of drama. It's a distinctly um, human moment in a Bond movie. Maybe the I'd argue the most human moment in any Bond. Well, movie. it's great too because he saves her mentally here, and then, uh, at, and then later when they have a fight and they quote unquote break apart, uh, she then saves him literally, which is the way that you have to save James if you're going to break through the final layer, is that he saves her her spirit in this scene. They then get separated because he loses the money. And then when he gets poisoned, she literally saves his life by showing up at the last moment and connecting the diodes. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's symmetry, man. It's, that's good writing. It's George Lucas uh, poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> it's poetry. It rhymes. Uh. Uh, so, yeah, Bond loses everything and then... Uh, Felix takes him. Yeah, yeah. It, but I like that also that like, in in the at the most desperate low, he just grabs a steak knife and it's like whatever, I'll just stab this guy. Also, <laughs> he also walking. still he also still turns to Matthias or Matthias. What the fuck? He turns to Mathis. he turns to Amadeus and he and he's like, yeah. get the girl out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is great that that even in this moment where he's like. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it just like I did last time. I'm gonna do it just like at the embassy. I'm gonna stab the shit out of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but even in that moment, he's like, "Get the girl out right now." Yeah. Uh, and then great official introduction of, of Felix later. Yep. I'm uh, bleeding chips. I'm bleeding yeah. chips. <laughs> <laughs> but Love but it. it's like he's so cool. I'm your I'm your brother from Langley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But he's also like humble enough to be like, yeah, I'm kind of a shit card player, but like, you seem to be pretty good. <laughs> there's a moment, Look, America. The... We're America. I'll stake you. You want yeah. twenty five million? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> there's yeah. a moment a little later on this when he says like, and he's he's like, well done, brother. And like Joe and I turn to each other and we're like, oh, that doesn't sound great coming out of him. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like it was not. It was not like it did not feel have a Denzel feel to it. It very much had like a like a Gary Busey feel to it. <laughs> Whoa, that's uh, shots fired. Bro- it's Jeffrey Wright. Heck, it's Jeffrey Wright. Bro- wow. Brother. <laughs> Comparing him to all-time great actor Gary, I'm just saying it. I'm I'm just saying he said brother with a hard R. All right, that's what I'm saying. Um, where's Jeffrey Wright from? He's 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 American. He's American. Yeah. Yeah. Does he? I guess he just doesn't doesn't have. uh, It's not like he has like a New York accent. No. Well, he has such a he has such a distinct voice. He's also so freaking amazing. He like he he's he's a st- he's from I, DC. I love him in in Westworld, and then uh, yeah. he is so good in the new Marvel stuff, the the What If. Oh, because uh, he's oh, the voice. Yeah. He's the voice of uh, uh, the 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 Watcher in uh, the new Marvel uh, cartoons. He also played Peoples in uh, John Singleton's Shaft movie, <laughs> and uh, <Yeah. laughs> playing a doing a hardcore Hispanic accent. Which, yeah, that's uh, a great point. Yeah. I hadn't thought about John Singleton's shaft in probably the last 48 hours, so thanks for reminding <laughs> me again. Uh, great score by David Arnold. Uh, like this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, good. Uh, like the one of the most stylistic like Bond scenes of him getting um, kind of POV type stuff with him getting poisoned and the kind of washed out bathroom scene. And, uh, drinking oh, I love the salt it. Water. I love that scene. I love that. I love him. I love him walking away from the table, uh, and like the the dealer being like, "You're the big blind," and like he has to like he barely yeah. can toss in the chips, and then he steals the cup, he steals the 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 salt, and he just like, it's that great thing where you you hard cut straight from the vomiting to him in the street, and then you have him being hit by the car and spinning, um, and then you and then you cut to like homeroom science class back in great britain <laughs> you come back to the you come back yeah. to the computer lab during lunch when the cool kids are outside like have, everyone in the class hey everyone james is in trouble yeah you have all these like i literally watched that and i was like is this one scene the entire reason that the melissa mccarthy spy movie was made because <laughs> it really Actually, feels like it kind of a valid point like and they all it's like it's like it's like if there's a like a, a a missile launch and they come back to nasa but worse it's like the worst version of like it's just a bunch of nerds that are just sort of like i don't know man it's so funny and the meanwhile meanwhile every time they come back to him he's like he's doing a great job of dying daniel craig is yeah. dying I'm. I'm just gonna point this out too. He's extremely wet. He's, he's so, so wet. wet. Yeah, it's another. It's another sticky scene. It's in this movie. He's, he yeah. slides off the seat. He's so wet. <laughs> yeah, well, the Max, why did you says, mention it? Because now like, I'm not gonna stop thinking about it the whole time. Mickelson uh, even says in like the last scene after the stairway fight, he's like, "You change your shirt." I yeah, he was <laughs> causing to perspire, and he's just like, "What movie are you in, man?" <laughs> This is Waterworld. Yeah, because Mads Mikkelsen was smart. Mads Mikkelsen were all black. <laughs> Good call. Can't show mom. the sweat. Can't show all this. Show all the sweat when you're wearing all black. Smart man. Um, but yeah, you, he connects the he he has the great. It's really visceral anytime a character does anything medical to themselves, and this has the great trifecta where he stu- he he sticks a needle deep into his arm to get what the poison is. 
he starts to connect the um the the defibrillator and then he has to do uh the neck one which spy movies love to do a neck like injection um and then you have that great moment where he's button and holy shit i've seen this movie you know five six seven times even just watching because i watched it earlier earlier today even watching it and i was just sitting there and i was like please let the button work this time like the it this scene is so well well built like like even knowing what's gonna happen i was just like please please let his finger on that button work this time but no he he he, his like hand slowly drops down to that little stupid fucking wire Ugh, this scene's so good uh yeah and then Vesper comes, saves him, and it's great. And she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going." She has like, she has that great line where she's <laughs> like, "Why this. are you so wet? <laughs> yeah. Why are you so wet?" He changes shirts five times. You have blood <laughs> shirt. You have blood shirt. <laughs> you have you have shower shirt. You have. Yeah. I am nearly. I've nearly. I've been poisoned. Shirt, like. This man has so many tuxedo shirts. <laughs> you don't think he, he, he definitely wires M on the, the second day and, and calls M and is like, hey, I'm going to need like three more tuxedo so shirts for M, tonight. M, 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 M. My underwear M, is untenable. It is so <laughs> wet down here. Double, <laughs> 007, how's it going? I got a it's, big problem. We did not. <laughs> I need some shirts yeah. ASAP. <laughs> I, I got a 1975 Saigon incident in all yeah. my underwear. You sent me you sent me a defibrillator and and anti venom and you did not send me a dehumidifier. Like this is this is terrible. Who knew the Czech Republic had a hundred percent humidity all the time? It's so wet. Everyone's so wet. <laughs> I can't. Okay, so they finish the sweaty poker game, and and uh, Bond uh, finally wins here. Oh, and he—I mean, may, maybe the best, may, maybe the like sharpest uh, witty line of the movie, where he sits down. And he's the like, last hand nearly killed me. <laughs> so good. And then Go he ahead. tips the, and then he tips the, uh, the. You know who really wins this movie is the dealer who, who gets tipped a oh, million yeah. dollars. <laughs> um, love that dealer. I in in universe that dealer is the luckiest man alive and I adore him. I feel like there'd be a lot of pressure on dealing. I, I give him full credit. He got to deal this game would have been so full of pressure to do it right. He also like, he plays he it great because it. he's like he plays the correct level of, of excitement for everyone's hands. Like I it, yeah. he also like he kind of looks like he's like a low rent Marvel villain in disguise. Like this dude has really dramatic eyebrows. The guy that plays the dealer, he looks like he he looks like uh, if there was a Doctor Strange TV show in the seventies, that this guy would be cast as Doctor Strange. Um, I have a lot of feelings about the dealer in yeah. this in this um, in this film. Uh, but yeah, Bond Bond wins and then doesn't go to the hospital. He goes to have more martinis and to finally have his caviar. That's so awesome. That's a that's a check mark in the positive yeah. category for Bond. Uh, he uh, does a little successful flirting by uh, pointing out that he's figured out uh, what an Algerian love <laughs> knot is. Yep. Uh, yeah, a good good dinner scene, Bond and Vesper, and then uh, Vesper supposedly gets called by Mathis, but is uh, kidnapped by 
the Sheepers guys. Uh, world's uh, shortest car chase ever. Love it. Uh, no, I'm we... dead. Wait, wait, wait. I, I, I have to jump in because this I actually think is a brilliant choice, which yeah. is that in every other Bond movie, this is a 10-minute scene that yeah. that we would sit here and it's the one that we would talk about and that two of us would love and the third person would say I think it's gratuitous. Yeah. And but instead what happens is right when you think that they're going to hit the countryside and it's going to go balls out and he's going to have yeah. he's going to have a rocket launcher and he's going to have the windshield like bullet spray thing instead Vespers in the street and he just flips that car and you have that amazing rolling sequence. Like I love that it, the it, they they give you so much of the Bond script and then right now they pull out the rug out from under you and they're just like boom this is a new Bond. Yeah, it's one of those movie things too where like a car wouldn't really do that if you took a sharp turn going that fast. But like watching the movie, you're like yeah I buy that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, they they shot the thing with like a nitrogen cannon. Uh, it flipped seven times uh, guinness world record oh shoot i love it yeah. it's it's so it's such a great shot um like especially for for those people that are bond uh fans that are like car nuts um mm -hmm. like they're like ooh, we finally get to see the 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 austin martin really like scream down this oh no it now flips seven <laughs> times oh yeah. no now bond is being carried somewhere oh no now now, now a, a a butterfly knife is being opened and used to cut the wicker out of a chair. This is it's really the probably the only scene that's more of an action scene in the book than than the movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, then we then, just get to an all time classic scene. So good. Yeah. So freaking good. Speaking of the the book, yeah, this is right right out of that. Uh, Chief has a, a carpet beater in that. Uh, and at one point in the book, they say oh. that he starts he starts whacking him, oh. and then like he stops ten minutes later. I'm just like, what's left? A carpet <laughs> a carpet beater is horrifying. Was have you? Was last time y'all looked up what one of those looks like? That shit is like uh, it's a terrifying super spatula. Like yeah, yeah. The surface area on a carpet on a carpet whacker is terrifying. Well, I can't even imagine the ones at least I've seen like getting under the chair. The valid point. So I, I think yeah, the the rope's a good call here. That rope that looks like it is expressly created to squish <laughs> balls. <laughs> the rope yep. that, can, that clearly has no other purpose. The way that it is perfectly like bulbous and oiled. Yeah, it's. It was not at a long time. Even ago the rope is wet, man. Purpose. Even the rope is wet. Yeah, so they're both so wet in this scene. It's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> the moment when the Please chief comes, help. the chief comes behind him, and they're like right next to each other, and they're both so moist. Yeah. <laughs> if well, you sweat this much, something is wrong. Uh, they're both so damn the wet. The chief finally loosens up in this scene and like takes his tie off it's like yeah it's pretty hot i'm gonna keep my dinner jacket on but i'll take the tie off this is the one the only moment the only thing that i don't love about this scene and it's it is perfectly directly of the time is the like the 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 sexual jokes start okay and then like the the gay jokes against the sheep are just sort of the boring like 
that's just 2006 is exactly the time period where like those jokes were right going to like not be okay like four years later are you talking about when he says you died scratching my balls the yeah and then then he does all the the he's trying to embarrass him with all the all of the like the his like that he likes it and that he wants it and stuff um he's trying to essentially like embarrass the sheep into stopping Oh, you know, I've, I never got it. I never took it that way. Well, um, you're a better man than me. <laughs> yeah, I always thought it was just Bond being like, yeah, I can take this. <laughs> like, like Bond, uh, Campbell talking about this scene was like, you know, there's the physical challenge, but like Bond wins the psychological game in, in this scene. Just like, no, I'm, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm, I'm better than you. He really doesn't. And then you have what's his face, badass McBadass, come in and shoot Lashif right in the dome. Yeah. Mr. White, Jesper, uh, Chris Christensen, yeah. This this scene got them really close to an R. I think they had to to cut some stuff. Dude, his head falls right. It's a great shot. The camera's on the floor, and 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 Mads Mikkelsen's head falls right into frame with the bullet hole in it. Great yeah. shot. Great That's shot. Good. Very good shot. You gotta throw out a big shout out to Martin Campbell. He knocked it out of the park with Goldeneye. He knocks it out of the park with this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good, uh, really great scenes and sequences. Even the very end of the movie where uh, uh, Mr. White gets out of his car and he walks around it. That framed yeah. shot, framed shot over the water is so so clean. Oh, the the editing too. Just the way they they have to make card playing. Um, interesting and and showing that time has passed like there's almost no classic movie kind of like cross dissolves in bond movies but there's a few of them like the vesper's face turning into the card table that yeah really really are cool sexy shots that also tell you like oh this is probably like an hour later now or something or like they're they're just playing this whole night it's damn good but now we get into like you know the stuff that is the least OG Bond and the most new Bond, which is that, like, did... Yeah. This is the yeah, part where after where... five, ten minutes, you're like, wait, this movie's still happening. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, this Bond gets quote-unquote new... rescued. Yeah, we've killed the villain. I, I actually, I looked at it, so the, so the, the total runtime with end credits is 224. Uh, Lashif hits the ground at 154. There are thirty minutes of real, uh, yeah. uh, which is, in, which is unheard of. It's it's so cool and it's yeah. insane. The 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 villain, as advertised, is defeated not by Bond, by the way, with a full half hour left in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty revolutionary. I think um, Roger Ebert gave this four stars, and I remember him him mentioning that also of like this movie ends and then it takes a u-turn and starts over again and just does a whole new chapter but it, i will say it's great I, I will very much say that i think that the last 30 minutes of this movie work perfectly for this movie at, to the detriment of the next film i i agree very much i think it yep. works to the detriment of all the subsequent films tremendously it's uh, so good because of how unique it is and when you tried to make to make it the normal standard of a Bond movie, where you try to make every scene in every Bond movie this, it hurts it a lot. Well, it's also yeah, that I thing where like Quantum of Solace is trying to do this at all. No, no. The, the, to me, the the issue is that arguably, the this thirty minutes wants to be the opening thirty minutes of Quantum of Solace. 
mm-hmm. because the, Quantum of Solace is happens directly after this. Quantum of Solace also, by the way, runs exactly an hour forty three. Um, like like yeah. Quantum of Solace is a short movie, uh, and and to me, and we, we'll talk about it when we get there. Quantum of Solace, I think that the only way that it's that it can be viewed as a really not, I think that Quantum of Solace can be viewed as a good movie if you turn, uh, uh Casino Royale into a five hour movie. Yeah. Um, like if Casino Royale is a mini series and episode three is the last half hour of this and the first half hour of Quantum of Solace, hell yeah, great episode of television. Uh, well, it's like there was the there was talk of um, when they thought Lazenby would do more movies of having uh, Honor Majesties would like end with the wedding and then like cold open of, of diamonds or whichever one they would do next with Lazenby would be uh, Tracy's murder. That's like, badass. Also, yeah, different different way of doing it that would I think would work here. Uh, um, but you don't get you don't get to punch the first uh, Craig movie ending with introducing James Bond, basically. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I, I love the last half hour of this movie. I just think that it like it so weakens the position that Quan of Solace starts on. Hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, they had no idea what was coming next after this also. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I, I think and they that... wanted to adapt like the whole book. I think, I think from the start of this, they like, there was no question that, that Vesper was going to betray him and die at the end. They had to stay true to at least that. that totally. But book. even when she dies, there's seven minutes left in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like like even even then they literally they end the movie on a cliffhanger of great James Bond will return in James Bond kills everyone until he finds out what the <laughs> fuck happened. Yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> like, and then it robs it robs the beginning of Quantum. You want to talk about when J- uh, James Bond as a Bond girl? My my big thing for the for these movies is that in Quantum of Solace, uh, James Bond is the Bond girl for the whole film. Yeah. Um, which is not new. People have talked about it before, but I'm fully in that camp where Quantum of Solace, James Bond is not James Bond. James Bond p- plays the Bond girl. Um, he plays the, 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 the lost sort of like secondary spy who, uh, who is seeking closure the entire film. He's, uh, I don't, he's I don't disagree. Fury Road, you're, you're saying the, um, the, no, he's the he's the the Russian agent in in uh, watch him watch him a Russian uh, spy agent. who loved me. Yeah, he he's the Russian agent in spy who loved me. Um, Triple X. <laughs> um, the uh, not the porn rating. Not <laughs> not Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel either. Uh, or so Ice Cube Lake, later on. We're yeah. on Lake State uh, of the Union Cuomo for for <laughs> the Bond's recovery here as well as the the final scene. Um, yeah, le- good scene with him and, and Vesper. He's waking up and they're kind of solidifying their their relationship. The the line about the the little finger I, I like because it's like it's kind of a dirtier joke than than most Bond lines, but it's not like it's just not super goofy and ridiculous. <laughs> like I, I don't know, I think it works. It's also really great because she clearly has this moment and she's she's trying to tell him that she's betrayed him. <laughs> very yeah. clearly and she's yeah. like she's like you're the best man i've ever known and he's like i could fuck you <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
which is such yeah. a bond response well that that's a moment that works really well on the rewatch when you're when you know the whole story and you're watching it and you see her kind of break down and start crying there and it's like oh she yeah, she knows she wants she's to tell him she wants up. to tell him then it's great yeah and then you have again the the um the, the lovely Mr. The sw- Mendel. I love him so much. Yeah. He has that he's I, got I, that laugh and he's got I yeah. love this weird this weird claymation man of a of a man like he's <laughs> this wax figurine. I, Bond is like, "Did you bring chocolates?" And he's like, ha, yeah. ha, 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 "No time." <laughs> like like what? <laughs> I, I lo- Bond is amused by his reaction to Bond's oh, joke there. It's so good. I love this character so much. Uh, so they, they get it on a hospital bed, they go to a beach, they declare their love for each other, uh, they sail to Venice. Yeah, Bond quits via yeah. his, via his Hotmail account. Uh, via his awesome Sony laptop. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know who Which made this movie, really but cool. pro- probably Warner Sony Brothers. Sony Erickson phone, like, <laughs> yeah. really. I want a Sony Erickson phone. Do they still make them? Are they around? At this point in time, it's... I had a a BlackBerry Pearl. Ooh, whoa! Yeah, got a, I had a lot of business to do as a junior in yeah. high school. Uh, <laughs> I got the cheapest Ericsson in the world for my first phone, just because James Bond had it, and it was the worst phone. Oh, my first phone ever was the the Nokia Brick, like the OG Nokia that had like Snake on it. In two thousand six, I... I had my parents' landline. Well, no phones. I I... No phones were allowed at James Bond University yeah, James for Bond boys. <laughs> Where you're talking about how he's only five eleven with your friends in yeah. the schoolyard. Uh, yeah. So, a character from the the book that they bring here is, is the, the uh, one-eyed Gettler. man. Yeah, the one-eyed guy. I remember him. That that's one of the few things I remember doing my book report on in the. I was impressed the most by how this guy made it into the movie. I was like, wow, yeah. they really tried to like <laughs> yeah. do with justice. Yeah, justice for Gettler. <laughs> let's let's get the hashtag going. Yeah, this was another moment that I really want what I really wanted to turn on Raiders. <laughs> Just, oh yeah. He's got some strong Nazi energy, that character. He does. He also has a bit of the uh Who's the bad guy in Raiders? The French? Yeah. Oh, Belloc. Belloc. Yeah, he's got that kind of. Or no, Belloc. or the yeah, the guy that, or the guy that holds on to the to the uh, amulet. That weird. Yeah, the, guy. yep. Tote. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, weird German that, guy. The, who has the uh, the um, the hanger that like you think he, yeah. is going to be uh, uh, a weapon and it's just a, a hanger. Hey guys, hot take. Hot take. <laughs> His name is Tote. Hot take. That movie's good. <laughs> that movie. Is uh, like really that's kind of a hot take. I I love that movie. Hot take Look. that Indiana Jones might be good. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we should consider that for our our next run of like Born Identity, Austin Powers, you know, Bond adjacent things. We can you can make the argument Raiders belongs on that list. I think it there's there's a Bond second. influence. I yeah. Uh, hey, they make those movies because Steven Spielberg gets turned down to make a Bond. So yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, so, uh, one one of the few uh, Bond locations I've actually been to is the St. Mark's uh, Square in, in Venice. Um, what? The cinematographer Phil Mayhew uh, is the uh, is the treasury official in, in M's office here. 
Yeah, who's just staring out that window real hard. Yeah. And, like, Emma's on the phone, like, with her son who absconded with, like, her purse. <laughs> yeah. Look, p- put down the bow and arrow and let the marching yeah. band go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play it off as a prank. <laughs> Oh, um, shit. I read uh, Martin Campbell said something about um, Don't Look Now, inspiring this a little, of chasing someone uh, through Venice who's the only person wearing bright red. It's a little Don't Look Now-y. Um, and then, yeah, awesome, awesome uh, model work with the, the sinking house. Like, Unbelievable. That's such amazing practical effects. It's so cool. It's fantastic. James Bond shoots people with a nail gun at one point. That's cool. Yeah, look, if, if Lethal Weapon uh, 2 taught us anything besides uh, South Africans make great bad guys, it's that you can definitely kill someone with a nail gun. Nail guns can kill you. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, it's, it's the, the best shot is the nail gun. It's the nail gun through the glass. It's through the, the yeah, glasses yeah. eye glass, which is brilliant. Fantastic. So uh, Neil Purvis and Robert Wade's draft uh, ended more similarly to the book where uh, Bond was just going to find Vesper's body in in his hotel room and uh, she had like made a video confession um, that then would lead him to uh, Gettler and he would get into an action thing in the sinking house. And this was one of the big Paul Haggis uh, contributions to the movie where he read that script and then said to um broccoli and wilson like look vesper's gotta be in the sinking house <laughs> like are you kidding me like just we need to make that happen that is a spooky death scene her death scene yeah, yeah haunting. spooky holy crap that's terrifying not fun not not joyful wowza yeah. Because we've, I mean, I, th- I think also we, we've come out of, of Le Chipre just seeing one person kind of dying instantly and Bond having no control on it where he, he should like almost be able to save her and, and then not because she doesn't want to be saved. Um, like that, that really works here. It's a very, very sad movie. It's, yeah, it's a classic tragedy, their, their story. It's sad. It's, it's not, you know... This is like a, a real. This is a real movie. It's one of the things that I love about it the most is like this is a real flick. Like plenty of the Bond films start to be, and there's nothing wrong with it. We 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 lauded the Pierce Brosnan films for saying we are action movies, right? Yeah. Um. This is a return to form. This is like an art house film, right? Like this isn't playing the the, the okay that not not art house, but like you know this this is. This is more than just seeing it on a on a Saturday night with popcorn and everyone yelling at the screen. Like, you actually yeah. feel things through this through this movie. Yeah, I think part of it was this was the movie that um, Albert Broccoli always talked about. Like, man, it'd be great if we could do Casino Royale. Like, I'd really like a chance on like us being able to have a, a crack at like doing Casino Royale, the proper thing. So I think there was that thinking of of Barbara Broccoli in particular, of like, let's make this one for dad and like have it be a real and like a solid movie. And yeah, and, and she also talked about how like, just being worried about selling this movie and saying like, you know, we loved Pierce Brosnan, those movies, you could definitely, you know, you can take an eight year old to see a Pierce Brosnan Bond movie. Like this movie's really not for kids. Yeah. Well, and you know, look, 
I think everything's a product of its time. Movies in the late '90s were made for kids. A lot of them. Yeah. A lot of the big franchise movies, yeah, Star yeah. Wars, yeah. James Bond. They they wanted to ta- tackle the kids' market. Even like Indiana Jones, right? Oh, yeah. To go back to it again, yeah. it's the picture okay. of the fam- the family adventure film. But even even the like R-rated action movies, like uh, you know, Bad Boys or or face off are like still playful very very playful and and kind of simple they're they're like turn your brain off that's the interesting part right right like right like that's a very like american thing right it's like the like you can have you can have the 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 childhood friendliness of a peewee's playhouse but then you know like he goes to the movie theater but but bad boys things like (laughs) i told you i told you i told you For the listener who didn't hear Max when he wasn't recording himself, we were joking for some reason about uh, Pee Wee Herman and Rowan Atkinson and Pee Wee Herman uh, masturbating in a movie theater uh, at the very beginning of this, and Max has brought it back, having promised to I, well done, I sir. I told you that I would organically include. <laughs> Thank you. Look, yeah, and look, Vesper is suicide. It's really a Pee Wee goes to the movie theater moment. It is kind of. All I'm saying is that everyone in this movie is wet, and and <laughs> and Pee Wee's playhouse. Pee Wee's playhouse. Oh shit! You have no idea. I've spent the last thirty minutes saying when <laughs> when should I when should I pull the trigger? Yeah. When do You're I... not going to be able to go within a hundred yards of a school having said those two things just now. Are you that guy that said that thing about everything being wet? <laughs> you're you're no no longer allowed near any children. Oh jeez. Uh so yeah, really kind of the most haunting death scene in, in any Bond movie. Uh seeing Vesper drown here. Um and then yeah, I mean real intense him coming up and everything. Yeah, and then we we talked about the, the scene on the boat coming up after this, right? Where where he and Bond and M exactly as you said, this is a scene that would wouldn't and couldn't happen between any other Bond and any other M. Um, yeah, this isn't. It's not cheeky. It's not. It's not a, a parrot talking to to Maggie Thatcher. <laughs> like this is this well, is Bond. That, though, so. This is Bond talking to the only person that he is even remotely emotionally close to. Yeah. Um, and he's and he's broken. He's completely like unhinged. Man, it's it's great. It's so so good. I think there's some great irony in the fact that she, this is the one scene where you see her in the M office. Oh, yeah. And that, like, she's delivering the most heavy scene from the place where, like, exposition normally happens. Yeah, you're right. Everything else was either, like, she was in, like, a hallway or she was literally at, at home in or, bed. Or, like, at her home, yeah. Or in, like, uh... Well, I think just the, um, the scene, the last scene where she says that we don't have the money. Oh, yeah. No, because she's like that. That's the other part, right? Is that she's calling him back to work, and it's and she's mm-hmm. like, "Are you sure you can work?" Um, and he yeah. he, in a way that she doesn't believe, but she needs him, right? She's like she's like, "All right, I have to trust you," and then the it, then you get that that ultimate bond, like a return. Well, it is as we were saying, right? He gets he quote unquote learns he 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 stops when when um uh 
he had the knife and he and he and he wanted to take the the quick and and dirty choice and now he's been returned to that primal bond where like he's quote unquote back on duty yeah. and what's the first thing he does he hunts down and shoots a man who he we have to understand he doesn't know this guy's actual relation to what's going on yeah yeah he knows nothing about him except vesper said call this guy <laughs> like he could be like uh, oh yeah i'll tell you about vesper like i i you know <laughs> it's just like some other mi6 guy or something it's like i'm gonna shoot him and he shoots him like and he has like oh and he, he's wearing the that perfect james bond suit it's such a great it's scene. such a, it's and so he's got that gun i think it's Ugh. it's basically the the goldfinger suit from from switzerland i think oh sure I think it's it's the Goldfinger like three oh, it's piece. So good, uh, man. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. This <sighs> is. I mean, this is one of the the handful of times I remember being in a movie theater and just the the crowd erupting at at the very end of a movie. Yeah. And it was David Arnold's um, idea that he kind of had to sell to everyone else of like, I want to withhold the Bond theme for the whole time, and we can hint at it a few times, but it, we, he's got to earn it. Well, they were really they're blessed with how how rock and roll the the main title theme is because they they rely mm. on that musically yeah. a bunch in a way that you couldn't in in other Bond films. Yeah, um, they're like that was the real blessing of of having a true rock and roll song is that like they they use that in a couple of the chase scenes they use it um, in in a couple of the more more tense fight scenes. Um, yeah, the sc- the score in this movie is great. Yeah, I, I would say this is David Arnold's best score for me. Mm-hmm. This is where he kind of rounds into form. Yeah, I think my favorite might be Tomorrow Never Dies, but th- this is probably his best. Su- such a good arrangement of the, the Bond theme, too, that Sam Mendes uh, steals like the exact track for, for both of his movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know what to say other than the fact that it's just a great, great movie. Yeah. It's an era-defining movie, I think. I think it... In a strange way, I think that it takes from movies that have come before it, like, namely Born Identity. I think it kind of launches its own era of cinema in a weird way. I think this is a Bond movie that's both reactionary, but also kind of sets the trend. Yeah, it's it's just reactionary enough in that it has to be like, all right, we're going to be more serious and we're not doing like space or invisible cars again but like it's not going to be shaky cam it's not gonna like it's still glamorous and exotic yeah it's so this it, this is an oversimplification but it's it's a it is a correct way to think of them all um is that if you go to the to the if you go by just sort of the t- quote-unquote rot the tomato meter right uh mm-hmm. and you go critical consensus it goes goldfinger Doctor No from Russia with Love, Casino Royale, and they're all within one percent of each other. Yeah, yeah. Like they they each for I, for different reasons they each do something for the franchise and for movies in general that is like really really great. Yeah, and I would agree that those four movies are all kind of right in my top five. Yeah, yeah, me too. They they might make three of my top five. Or four of my top five, along with Goldeneye and Spy Who Loved Me's maybe a toss-up. But those are the kind of the four ones that I think are the best movies. 
Uh, so Casino Royale premieres November 17th, 2006, uh, makes $594 million. Uh, again, series uh, best at this point, uh, and nominated for, for nine BAFTAs, which I think has to be the, the record for the series. And I was looking at the, the Oscars for 06, and it's kind of a fucking joke. Like, I'm not saying, like, we need a James Bond movie to win Best Picture, but nominate Daniel Craig, like, or like no, no one ever gets nominated for an action movie. Like this should have been one of the performances. Did it get? Did it get any um, Oscar noms? I don't. I don't think so. I don't. Because at the very least, like, how is it? How is think... like? How is score or how is uh? No, no editing it, or. No, it it should have gotten all the technical ones and and music and and all that, but like. No, I, I don't think it got a, a single nom. And they were, it. it was like Babel and Little Miss Sunshine and like Letters from Iwo Jima and a, and a bunch of movies the, that are not bad, wait, but like no one, one talks year, right? about. Yeah, and Departed Departed right. is the only movie 15 years looking back that you're like, that fucking deserved to be nominated and part of the, because like the other movies were like, and, and they were great movies that year. There was Pan's Labyrinth and Children of Men and uh inside man and prestige and like none of my favorite God. movies from that year like got nominated i for love shit, except for i the love Departed. i love the prestige i i love pan's labyrinth yeah oh and and those like weren't nominated for shit like pan's labyrinth got nominated for like for you know foreign film and like none of those movies won anything i can yeah, only I'll ever say, say i can only ever say pan's labyrinth in in uh spanish which is labyrinth del pano it's so good. Well, that's oh, the Labyrinth that's of the lovely. Bond. It's a much better title than <laughs> like Pan's not a character in the movie. So, well, yeah, I mean, I think we're at an era where a James Bond movie, even though Lord of the Rings had sort of broke down the barrier of a big franchise movie winning a lot of stuff. Yeah, we're still not at that era of like that Black become... Panther being nominated for Best Picture. Exactly, because yeah. like think about The Dark Knight. I mean, yeah. That comes out two years after this, and aside from Heath Ledger winning uh, Best Supporting Actor, it really doesn't make any waves at all. I'm like, that, yeah, is yeah. A, that was the well, it, best movie of that year. Probably the reason that they it, they changed the to ten nominees. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I think if, if Casino Royale or Skyfall came out this year, they would be part of the the ten best picture nominees. Easily. Absolutely, I think we're just living in an era where that wasn't quite the thing yet. For and you know, the Academy obviously has its own problems and like, whatever problems yeah. and things that kind of ails it. So, but I think movies like this really helped advance the thinking on what any like a good movie is a good movie. It doesn't matter if it's a James Bond yeah. movie or a Batman movie, like. When you have a great movie that has a lot to say, it's a great movie. And like, yeah, this this and like this movie and Dark Knight allow movies like Fury Road to be nominated for Best Picture. Exactly. Let me say that. <sighs> they, they put they put Inception like those and are... Fury Road in the mix to be nominated for Best Picture and really win Academy Awards or get close to it. That's my that that might be my my Ru- Mount Rushmore of of action movies released. Uh, in this this century, in the last twenty years, like this Dark Knight and and Fury Road, and yeah. up, I don't know, m- maybe not Inception, but like th- those are that's a good three. Yeah, that's a damn good be three. The big three for me, yeah. This, yeah. And John Wick. 
That's case. that's mighty close. Yeah, it's right there. I was I said it half as a joke just because storyline wise it is not you know f- what what Fury Road and and this and 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 uh, 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 Dark Knight Dark also Knight. have is they have like freakishly compelling stories. Um, yeah. I don't get me wrong. I I John Wick is is climbed the pantheon and is one of my favorite movies of all time <laughs> i could watch that i could watch awesome, that movie yeah. i could watch john wick once a month for the rest of my life not a joke I john I wick like the... is the ultimate realization of one of my favorite movies of all time lay samurai oh, it's man. all a story it's all action it's all blues and gray it's so good it's about a killer killing people it's so it's stupid like good my fantasy of a movie i really love being a modern movie uh, where, yeah, where do you how do you rank the the sequels against the first one, Max? Not even close. For for the Wicks? Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I I'm. All I about them. I'm 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 in love with two. I think two is a great movie. Um, yeah. I think I, really that, like three I, I like mo- three, I three was better than two. I think I think three loses the plot a little bit just when they get to the Middle East. Yeah. Um. It's not Hall- Halle Berry is so <laughs> good in in that portion of it and everything. But it, it sort of loses the the more that they try to expound on the world, the more that it's clear that they didn't know what the world was at the beginning, mm-hmm. and that to, I think is to their detriment. World building is a really hard thing to do retroactively. Um, it, it in the first movie, it's great that you're just like there is an organization of yeah. of assassins. They have a hotel. Everything is paid for in gold, and you're like done. I'm in. Great. Yeah. And then the second movie expounds, and they're like, they have a council. You better not cross the yeah. council. And you're like, done. Great. Perfect. Yeah. I'm also in. And then in the third one, it gets a little like, and they're also kind of gods. <laughs> or, you know, like. <laughs> but I kind of like that in the third one that it's like, you go to Casablanca, and they're like, hey, it's like a James Bond Mission Impossible thing now. And then 20 minutes later, you go back to New York, and they're like, just kidding, it's John Wick, motherfucker, Dude, we're in Manhattan. The final fight scene, I will say, the final, everything yeah. that happens in the last 30 minutes of three is is amazing. I love it. Uh, I I love all three of those movies. Uh, one and two, I think, are, I, I think are, are, are better than three, but, but, um... I, I, the John Wick films, by the by, fit in this purview, and we will talk about them on on this podcast. Let's I, do it. I, yeah. John Wick one, I'd uh, I'd like to talk about it for multiple hours. Yeah, I'd like to break it down scene by scene. I love that. You movie. know what? I love the, that damn movie. Casino Royale, Dark Knight, uh, Fury Road. I, I'm gonna if I if you you're making me do a Mount Rushmore action movies this century right now. I'm going. I think Born Ultimatum. I think. Sure. For my money, the best Bourne movie. Uh, I think the third one's great. Yeah. The Bourne movies were never they're I they're they're great. They were never my for some reason they were never my thing. Um Yeah. They never like really got me out of bed the way that like a Bond movie does or or mm-hmm. I mean f- I remember I remember seeing John Wick because I had my step my 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 stepfather uh, had an old friend that was like the assistant directed John Wick, and and he, like he he called me and he was like and he was like hey, my buddy says that he, that like he's crazy proud of this thing. You have to go see that okay. that weird Keanu Reeves action movie. And I was like really? And he was like yeah, you have to. You, and he was like, and I was like well I was already gonna see it because like it's fun. And he was like no yeah. no no. He says it's something. Mo- <laughs> he says it's something yeah. more. And I was like, weird. And then I had a friend that saw it, and he, he literally called me afterward, and he, and he was like, Max, go tomorrow and go see it. 
So I, I, I went, yeah. I was, I went to, to the AMC up on 125th, uh, uh, up in Harlem. Uh, and it was me and this group of like three, like 60 year old black women who, who all, all four of us had a revelatory experience. <laughs> like the amount of yeah. yelling and hooting and hollering that all of us did at the screen because of the, the insanity of this movie. Like it, it, I, there are a few movies that I, that I, truly remember viscerally like moment moment to moment myself mm-hmm. in the theater and like as as weird as it sounds man john wick won a hundred percent one of them i yeah i saw that i think opening night in imax and didn't and it, yeah it was it was great i mean uh my girlfriend at the time had seen equalizer with denzel like a month before and enjoyed it and john wick was coming out and it got like pretty good reviews and we were like i don't know it i guess it like i remember someone asked us like what what are you doing tonight and we're like it's with keanu reeves it's like equalizer but with keanu reeves i guess <laughs> <laughs> and then you go see it and like oh that's better though yeah, that's way better <laughs> the fact that you can the fact that that entire film can be boiled down to someone kills someone kills keanu reeves dog it's perfect it, it's a. Per- it's exactly what, what 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 you said, Road Warrior. It's all a. It's all a story. It's all it's all two tone. It's fucking yep. perfect. It's it is it nothing, is nothing else happens. A story, grays, blues. It's great, man. It's modern lace samurai. It's my wet dream. The, of the, movie. The, 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 he killed a man with a fucking pencil. <laughs> Baba Yaya. It's so good. I could talk about that movie. I could talk about that movie for hours. <laughs> so uh, next week on we'll, our we'll John Wick yeah. podcast, we're calling it. We're calling it parabellum or parabolum, yeah. depending on what you want to say, because they're both fun. We're calling it, we're calling it burn, burn the, burn the wick at both ends. Let's talk about dogs. What dog would you be the most upset if it, you owned it and it died? <laughs> oh no, that's a wonderful, terrible question. <laughs> what, what? Uh, I'd be really fucking mad if I had a beagle and someone killed it. What kind of charming but uh, sleazy Russian would you feel the worst about having to murder? <laughs> God, when he probably I can't, I can't. The more we talk about it, the more I'm going to talk about this movie. We've we've talked about John Wick for ten minutes out of our of of this this. Yeah, I guess I guess we're done but with Casino Royale. Before before we uh, yeah. okay, have you guys both seen Lay Samurai all the way through? Yeah, I, I borrowed it from from you in, yeah, in college, probably. Okay, fantastic. It's it is John Wick. It's the early version of John Wick. It is the Doctor No to John Wick's <laughs> and I stand by that. Yeah, I would say it's really the the triple X to to John Wick's triple uh, X Return of Xander Cage. Okay, yeah, that's a good will. point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that shit. <laughs> think How'd... about it. Ruby Rose is in John Wick and <laughs> the triple X. That's a good point. Yeah, you make excellent points. Okay. Uh, Who are you going to fight? I'm going to go first. I'm going to fight the African warlord. I'm going to ask him what limb he wants me to chop off, and I'm going to say my right leg. I think that's the best <laughs> limb. I like phrasing the question through that lens. You, you what limb die. do I want to lose the most? Right leg. I'm going for it. It's over. Are you a, a right-footed person? I'm a left-footed person. Yeah. What? Okay. So I'm fighting the African warlord. You're fighting the warlord. Losing my right foot, and I own right every foot. kind of classic car. Yeah, you own every kind. Of, you own you own doubles of some, and you own triples of others. Triples of some, and if I don't own <laughs> triples of some, none of the other stuff's true. None of the other stuff is true if you, if you don't own the triples of some. Uh, I don't live in a hotel. No, don't, I don't. 
I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight the um, uh, the bartender <clears throat> that dares to ask James how he wants his martini. Um, uh, and when when James says, uh, "Do I look like I like I care?" Whatever he says, um, because that man turns away and is is already defeated completely as a human being. Um, I've never seen a more dejected man ever, uh, and so I think that I could just walk into a room. I could remind him of that moment, and he would pass. Yeah. He would pass out on the floor. He might become a supervillain though because yeah. of that moment. It is it is hysterical. Like like he turns around like he's like, well, fuck me then. <laughs> like he's he's <laughs> he's so done. It's amazing. I love it. You should uh, fight. Like, can I fight? Krat, the the baldy. I love that. I love yeah. that. Dude. Yeah, you he's he's got a knife. I don't I don't know how I'll do. He he's kind of skinny, skinny. I feel like I could maybe bulk up a little and yeah. And my, I, have uh, a dance I think in the you ring. can beat him by talking about his mother a lot. My or, girlfriend yeah. Joe. My girlfriend Joe kept calling him bald Nolfielding. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Who, who's Nolfielding? He's a British comedian. Any anyone who if you know you know and you and you'll you'll get a giggle out of it. Does he wear the white suit a lot? Oh no, no, no! He's in uh, Mighty Boosh. Yeah, he's Mighty. Yeah, Bush. no, Mighty Boosh. Yeah, he kind of does look like Bald Melfield. <laughs> I'm old Greg. He's old Greg. What are you doing he, in my waters? Yeah, he's got some things that are good. Remember the boat times? <laughs> God, old Greg is great. All right, so this okay, is our old Greg and, test. <laughs> Any uh, parting thoughts on Casino Royale? Yeah. Remember the boat times? <laughs> Thanks to everyone who listened to this. You can check out our social media, like and subscribe, and all that jazz. Casino Royale is very wet and sticky wet, and shiny. This, this is the, the last, this is the this old the Greg thought. of Bond movies. Yeah. This is the last thought. This is the wettest Bond. And we'll see you next week. For I do love this movie. Lots of it's fantastic. It's one of the best movies we watch. Thanks. Wet. Good night. <laughs>